0: I like the really ooh devil, like devil fox person. (laughs) It's like the entire wagon wheel is is in his butt crack. Like a like a like those old school uh, you know dialer decks on people's in the eighties on top of their oh yeah like like, how they let me
1: just
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: like find your details. (laughs) (laughs) Just like all he'd be doing is they're going (laughs) up his bum.
1: So read that one there, and uh, we'll get cracking.
0: Okay, all right, Uh, Wheel of Fortune, taking action, change, movement, destiny, luck, expansion. The Wheel of Fortune reminds us that change is inevitable. However things are now, they will most, however things are now, I mean, they will most definitely not stay the same forever. We don't always have control over what life sets in our path, but we can decide how we respond. Try not to get too attached to one way of being. Don't try to control everything you can't. The Wheel of Fortune advises you to centre yourself so that you can stay calm and make good decisions when your world seems like it's spinning out of control. If you've ever been down on luck, it is quite likely that the Wheel of Fortune is indicating a change for the better. Yeah.
1: How do you feel about that?
0: Well, that's very triggering on a couple of
1: fronts. <laughs> Which ones specifically?
0: Uh, just that thing of you're not set in that default factory setting on your phone for your brain of oh you're sad now so that's life you're sad you're sad now you were sad before and now you're gonna be sad forever again like mm-hmm. like being able to to stop your narrative continuously spinning on the same wheel is important like especially over the last 12 months like it's you know what I mean like you can't just be doom and gloom all the time because it's extremely exhausting. It's exhausting for your partner or the people you work with and your family and it just it's bad for your health. It'll kill you. So you've got to to be able to take stock in what you're doing and remember that if you looked at say I guess a timeline of your life was it actually all rain and, and like thunder? It probably wasn't. There was probably many little tidbits that were good that you should be not dwelling in the past, but at least kind of patting yourself on the back and going, yeah, you did that, you survived that, like the good or the bad, and it's time to continue on and make better memories, I guess, or better better projects.
1: My trainer, George, says, um, did you have a bad day or did something bad happen ah, on a good day? You know, like, yeah, you know, yeah. did you let that, af- and it's like, oh, yeah, I never really thought about like that, having, like when people talk about bad days, it's yeah. like, what really is a bad day? Something went wrong, you got stuck in traffic, something went, you know, yep. haywire, so then you let it control this whole 24-hour period until you go to sleep again. It's like, well, that was just a write-off. And it's like, yeah. oh, that's a brutal way to think about it, and it's, it's, it's changed my way of thinking for sure.
0: I've definitely been guilty of that everything's a write-off. <laughs> like, as in, you know, it might, it might be something as simple as you force yourself to get out of bed, you created something you did, um, you finished that task, you go for a run, you go to the gym, or something, and then something might just happen, and and life happens. That's what happens. And so if you you like you've got another bill, you, your account's overdrawn, uh, something happened at work, uh, something happened when you were set out to do a task and it, it backfired, and all of a sudden, up, no, no, day's over. I just want to go to bed, I want to close my eyes, uh, like wipe the blackboard down start mm. again mm. and all that's going to be is if that pattern happens you end up your day shorter your tasks more anxious driven mm. and it's very hard to function properly yeah
1: it's a fascinating thought mm. Mm. Welcome to Fucky Tara Lady episode thirty-seven. I think this is thirty-seven. Male producer. No. Welcome to <laughs> Fucky Tara Lady episode thirty-seven. My guest today is returning. Sam Dylan. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good in your lovely. Uh, what is it? India Fox
0: uh, retail store shop front room. You've got. It's. Uh, there's some haze in the air. There's man sweat coming out of our humid pores. It's a very hot day here, Melbourne <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah, and it's it's almost been exactly a year since I last talked to you. So it's a
1: pretty wild thought to think that it's been a, a year and what has happened since then. Um, specifically, when we talked last time, you said you know because of the bushfires and the mismanagement of the government and all these horrible things that had happened, you were like, "Man, I've got so many lyrics ready for for bands. Like I've got books full. I can mm. imagine those books are very full, bursting from the seams now after mm. uh, this crazy year." We've yeah, had.
0: it's definitely uh, just pouring out, and I. I have very unbridled rage to a lot of things that are happening and it's it makes great fodder for, for lyrics for sure, for all the projects I'm involved in.
1: Is that where... Do you, do you rant on Facebook or... No, you, not do, at you all. You don't rant. So the, the rant, that energy that people would put into a Facebook rant about being angry about something, you're mm. just putting straight into lyrics and they just become yeah. this personal thing instead, which I think is much more constructive for society for st- for
0: it's very it's, it's my distilled venom for sure of what I think about a situation and I like to be poetic and I like to play on words and be very visceral and theatrical in the way that I'm saying it and there's more people out there I'm not Mitch Alexander I'm not I'm not versed in every single uh, thing to do with Australian and international politics mm. he's an extremely smart and gifted person at being able to communicate that mm. I am not <laughs> I'm the rack. raconteur that talks about exactly how large a sperm whale's tongue is at the bendy in the corner, but also comes away, away with a couple of nuggets of truth about how you should approach things creatively or, you know, what's uh, an important thing to consider when thinking about the way that our ecology works in this country, that kind of stuff. So I stick to what I know. I'm interested in learning other new things, but maths and algorithms and, uh, yeah, whether or not... Um, uh, you should be investing in Bitcoin is not something that I'm going to be well-versed in.
1: <laughs> so you've got no Bitcoins is what you're saying? No,
0: no. And I'm very private with my... Like I I like being an entertainer and talking to people and I like uh, sharing a silly story and being five centimeters from someone's face when I'm saying it. But at the same time, I don't like to talk too much about my own private life and I keep that sort of separate to what I do. And yeah, I'm very close with my family members, so it's been very tough being away from them for almost yeah over a year now. Yeah. Uh, But when I do when I do talk to people, I like to make at least the encounter an entertaining one for them their sakes, you know, because I'm a a bit of a moody, jaded, aggressive person behind closed doors, so I don't want the public to have to endure that for any length of time.
1: (laughs) Mal can (laughs) attest to the fact that I think I'm quite similar in that, like you burn all your extrovert tanks when you're out and then it's like all right there's nothing left in that tank i'm just gonna sit inside and watch tv for a couple of hours yeah
0: people have to refuel for sure
1: yeah do you feel like that you need to refuel after a big night of a gig or like does that extrovert tank empty or is there always room in the tank if you need to if you need to be a kind of the performer that you are
0: i think everyone adapts to whatever tasks that they're given with their own survival mechanisms. And for me, talking to some strangers or doing a gig is not something that I have trouble doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, like sitting in a circle of tradies at, at 3 p.m. in a pub that I don't know is very intimidating for me because I don't have any social currency in my own mind in that situation. And Neither do I, by the way, for anyone yeah, listening. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I
1: would also be just like... Ugh. I just
0: saw you just like... Push a drawer back in under the desk with a couple of hives in it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't look behind there. There's just drills yeah, yeah. and shit. Oh, yeah. mate,
0: what's that? Oh, a Christmas tree. Looks like a witch's hat. No, 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 Christmas tree.
1: No, no, no. no. Trust me, I, I don't know. I don't know the tradey world. As, yeah. as I'm sure a lot of people don't. Um, well, that's great. So, but the problem is, I guess that you haven't had this time for the last, you know, year. You've mm. been, you've not. We were talking off mic before The last show you played was Obituary Yeah Last, what, January or February last yes, year? Yes,
0: would have been second week of January it, At least it, we went out with a bang low It was sold out at the Metro It was actually the first time my parents have ever seen me play in low And I've already been in them for, like, say, six, seven years oh, What
1: well, your parents were at that show? Yeah And what did they... Have they ever seen your performance before?
0: They'd seen me in the full-fledgling years That we talked about a year ago Of the bad haircuts and the... The goth like, teenage Yeah, the New, Rocks, the New Rock shoes sweating your ass away like walking de- through the oh shire. Oh
1: no! So you think that that's what they thought you were doing this whole time? When you're like, "Hey, I'm doing more bands. I'm moving to Melbourne." They're yeah. like, "Oh god, the boots are getting..." Purchased. Yeah,
0: exactly. They probably just imagined me like on the runway for RuPaul, like rather than actually doing any music. And um... oh, Shantae, sure you, you
1: stay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with those boots on, fucking yeah. oath. So how did you, uh, I guess, deal with your own isolation, your own pandemic? Like you, you, you've, you've focused into art, which we'll talk about a lot later, but yeah. just the general not being able to go to shows and being able to play it, feel like that would be such a big part of your DNA.
0: It really is. Like It sounds so uh, shallow and, and hobby-esque to someone that has a, a non-creative career, but there's a lot of years and a lot of work and a lot of identity currency for a person mm. that does this for a career. Mm. And when you take that purpose away from a performer... Or a painter, or whatever it is that you do, you 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 come to this this question of what use am I, like what purpose am I filling today? And I know for sure that there's bands out there right now of people that have relied completely on performing mm. for their entire career for maybe a couple of decades, like their adult life. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Their currency is built into the routine of going on the road, of being that transient creature in the world of performing of having a new sunset in a new city that you take that away from people like it, it and trust me listeners there's not as glamorous as you what you think it is it's a job like any other job trust me i'd like to think but, that this
1: podcast has a, like uh given a lot of people an insight into mm. the fact that being in a band isn't isn't a glorious yeah, yeah, yeah. wonderful I'm, yeah thing you're as not
0: fucking... Mark, you're not mike Wilberg like in a, in a cameo in a different film going yeah bro like, like that's not how it works but um, it is it is the chosen passion for a lot of people and having that completely taken out of your lives as everyone else has had. It's that thing, I'm, I feel weird talking about this right now because it's a frustrating trigger point for a lot of people because someone will say, I've had a terrible year and you just want to grab them by the throat and go,
2: "So so fine because we all have.
0: Yeah, And so, it's not a competition of grief. Um, it's not a. There's no Olympics in misery. Like, but at the same time, it's a human experience that we've all had the same experience, mm. different lives, mm. but the same experience of loss of what we know is familiar. Yeah. So the only survival tactic that I've had of this year, like to the detriment of uh, the few people that have been around me, is that I've been unable to give much energy to anything over a period of, say, a couple of hours because then the impact of the reality of here I am sitting in the same four walls or here I am in the backyard again. And it's no longer a sanctuary of this is where you go after you've been in the world, it is this is your world. Mm-hmm. So, it's a prison self-made and you you have to invent things that you can survive with. And for me, that is researching lyrics, writing lyrics, uh, you know, being influenced by new films, looking after my pet snakes, making sure that they're taken care of, researching my next stuff that I have to do, looking after your your fitness or your, your diet or making a fucking quiche. Like, you know, you have to come up with ways to keep the cogs in your head turning that aren't going to be detrimental to getting from point A to point B, especially when you don't know when point B is coming. Mm. And that's what a lot of people's lives have been like that have come from that creative world. So,
1: It's yeah. very interesting Like you were saying That point B It keeps getting further and further away as well Where it's like Oh yeah Like we're in a 2021 It's a new year But it's like there's still cases And there's still things And there's still people You know potentially spreading it It's like fuck When If, if <coughs> Everyone had this idea That's like man We're gonna reset You know yeah. 2021 Gig's gonna be back Did you start
0: and- hearing Bane From uh, the Dark Knight <laughs> Like Dark Knight Rising In your head Just saying stuff like this <laughs> Hope Hope can be A poison for a man and it's true Because it's like If you don't know when the end date is The marathon keeps going Your yeah. legs are falling off People stopped handing you Gatorade You're just still <laughs> running on your little stumps And you're not getting anywhere
1: <laughs> um, I re-watched Dark Knight Rises in the pandemic And fucking hell that was relevant Like, yeah. still think the Bane voice was a bit weird Despite the great impression just People would think I'd drop that in
0: Yeah But people had to Yeah, I remember when been all nerdy with the film stuff I remember they had to redo most of the scenes with his voice Because he'd gone so Richard Burton with it That it didn't even make sense anymore
1: It's just, it's still even this, this you know, redid voice Minutes before they had to put the print out to everyone yeah. in the world Like, it's still, like, even watching it on Netflix again It's like, man, this audio mix is fucking weird Yeah, yeah the Bane voice, like yeah. It's just, like, above <laughs> it all Like it, <laughs> You know, that's, like, the worst part about When, like, if you're recording a band or something you're like you want everything to kind of like mush together or if it's mm. going to be highlighted, you don't want to just be like your vocals outside of no. everything else. And that's what Bane was essentially. Right. Was right. Fucking... Yeah. <laughs> it's just like so <laughs> far above all the other audio mix. Terrible. Um, but it was so fascinating to watch that movie in the pandemic. Cause I think when I watched that how many years ago when it came out, I was like, this would never happen. Like this is ridiculous. And then you're seeing mm. all the shit in that movie. Like people locked in their homes, fearing for their safety a looming fucking you know clock above them. It's like, oh fuck, this is more relevant than mm. I ever, could have ever imagined. You know, and then they're stringing up all the rich people as well. It's like, as long as
0: we don't like start emulating the road, and it's you and Vigo Morrison eating a couple of mealworms on on a walk to Footscray.
1: <laughs> oh, Ooh, this I'm one's so- <laughs> a juicy one, son. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're still a few years away from that. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, it. Have grim. a can of Coke.
2: <laughs> 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 it's
0: like a, it's like a deity that you pray to.
1: Oh, fuck me. So tell us about your art COVID pivot because this is something that's really interesting. Um, all of a sudden on your Instagram, you're doing all this rad art. I actually bought some of it as well. It's hiding up there on the, on the board before I get it. Unframed. Framed. May unframed, I add? unframed. I got, a, I got a frame.
0: Is this raw dog in my art?
1: Yeah, just raw dog <laughs> on a fucking, on a cork board. Yeah. at the mo- I got a, uh, some frame of, Friends of mine in Geelong, I'm going to get them to do it for me. I was saying to Mal, I want them to look a little bit like some ancient Japanese person drew the alien and the predator. You ah, know, yes. like, because yep. he's seen them from years ago because yeah. he's been hunting those poor samurais or whatever. Yeah, yep, yep. So I was hoping I can try and get some kind of frame Maybe like a bamboo frame or something That mm-hmm. feels a bit like, you know It's got a bit of an Asian influence You know, it's got a bit of like a mm-hmm. You know, they've known for years <laughs> And I've got the piece of evidence you've, Yeah,
0: <laughs> you've come across They've been here before <laughs>
1: This looks like the same thing from the time with Don, Donny, Donnie yeah, Every time no, you have Blubber a barbecue
0: with the boys You bring them into your little studio And then like yeah. you've deliberately coated it with dust Before you shout off And be like, <gasps> See, ah, the legends are true. Yeah, correct, exactly. <laughs> and I'm,
1: I'm, I'm onto it. I'm going to be Predator Three when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it comes to sunshine in 2021. Yeah. The war zone. A Predator would do pretty good in America right now. You know, a lot of proud boys around and stuff. Mate, like, there
0: is plenty of Predators in the Catholic Church <laughs> in America. We don't need another one.
1: <laughs> oh fuck me! So tell us about your art. So you're doing it now? All of a sudden, I was very excited. Mm. I love the style. Like, how long have you been? I guess training those skills. Have you been doing that since you were a little one?
0: Well, yeah. I um, my parents have still got scrapbooks upon scrapbooks of my first doodlings. So like pretty much as soon as I could walk, I was already picking up crayons and drawing dinosaurs and sharks and stuff like that. Sounds very you. And my mum was a art. Uh, well, let's she, just just go on to casual. But yeah, she's been working as a as a primary school art teacher for thirty five years or so. Um, and my other aunts are also art teachers, so oh, uh, it, was it was always in the blood. Yeah. And, um,
1: but don't you have this surfy surf lifesaving blood as well? They, they're, a yeah. bit, they're a little bit of a, at a conflict. Which one? Which what side of the DNA is the surf lifesaving? Which side is art? Is that your mum's side?
0: Yeah, my mum is the artistic vagabondy vibes, and my dad was the uh, the bookish uh, lifesaver. Yeah. Bookish lifesaver. Yeah, yeah. So he got a scholarship. He went and did his accounting and he uh, he's now like a jack-of-all-trades uh, philanthropist that uh, uh, builds private hospitals. So with especially to do with... Uh, I remember a few years back, him and a couple of business associates owned the patent to the most high-tech... Ovian uh, cancer lasers in the southern hemisphere. Whoa. Mm, yeah, and this was before the big global recession. So, unfortunately, a lot of uh, the Chinese uh, backers, the uh, shareholders, backed out out of fear of. Uh, in 2008, back in. Yeah, 19? yeah. Wow. That was when I was in England. And that is one of the reasons why I was stuck in England oh. back there. Bro. Yeah. So, everyone was scrambling for it, but everyone survived on top. And uh, my family's very supportive and doing well.
1: Yeah. Mm. It's so funny that you like we talk about 2008. It doesn't seem to have as much of a ring to it as say, I don't know, September 11 or other things within the last 20 years. Mm. Like this recession, it's almost like we forgot about it. But it's like, no, nah, there was a time when everything was fucked. Remember, <laughs> like people were pulling out of things, people lost jobs. Fucking wild time. Yeah. So what happened to the laser after that?
0: Was I'm not it- sure. I think it's I think it's probably out there being used. Like my father is still in in the hospital game. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Fucking
1: Mm. awesome. Okay, so tell us more about this art thing. We keep getting distracted. Oh, yeah. So, Um, so, the art thing... So, you've been doing art for Yonks. Had you been doing it kind of always throughout the gaps or...? Yeah,
0: like, art's always been a thing. I've always been able to at least utilise it in, say, band releases, like the artworks, the merch, posters, that kind of deal. Uh, One-off commissions for people that knew uh, from the periphery that I was a painter or a drawer. Mm. But I'd never taken the plunge because I'd had that narrative like we were talking about in this wheel of fortune card of the the forecast is not always set mm. like it's not always a rainy day but unfortunately if you've had a couple of minor setbacks that turn into major setbacks you start believing that yes every day is cloudy mm. and I'd forced myself into a corner where I thought that it was a hobby or that it would never put a roof over my head or it would never fulfill me beyond a certain point so the the meat and potatoes of life would never be achieved from art. Mm. And I had a couple of negative people in my life that had sort of uh, solidified the that. Yeah. Yeah. They'd, they'd looked at it as this thing of, you go to uni, you get your degree, you go work for something thing, and you prop up someone else's dreams. You don't foster your own. You yeah. are there to... How be- dare you try and oh, yeah. break
1: outside of that system, yeah, yeah, you
0: know? Yeah, it's pretty much like, here's your woolly coat and go be with the rest of the herd. Mm. And... I didn't want to do that and I, I, that sounds very egotistical but it's like I would say that anyone's a front man or anything like that you do have to have that suspension of, of belief and know that the trial and error of what you do is worth it and your vision will come out if you work hard and be genuine with it mm. so with the art I'd always loved doing it and it was a very therapeutic for me for an angry person it's a good thing to do but I never made any money off it beyond the little tidbits that I'd done and then when isolation number one happened, I was there looking at a career of helping run bars and pubs for a decade, mm. which were literally there to pay for the things I do enjoy, like touring and releasing music and looking after my reptiles. I, I thought this is a good time to make a plunge. The world seems to be going to hell in a handbasket after the bushfires had just happened mm. and then this is happening. Um, and I thought, why not? Like, because if I dropped dead tomorrow, I ne- it would have meant that I had that what if the mm. whole time. So, I decided to approach it just exactly how you would approach a, uh, approach a normal job. So, I every day got up at six or seven, went for my legal walk, for my legal mask coffee, come home and then paint for eight hours and then clock off at the end of the day. Mm. And I do that five, six days a week. And it got better and better and my partner, Kira, helped me start up a website and was all legit with it and then slowly but surely it got to the point where now it eclipsed anything that I'd actually done as a regular Joe, mm. you know, punching in my clock to make ends meet. The art was was sustaining my life and mm. my ability to function and, and do other things even though I was in the prison of my bedroom. And it's I'm still doing it and I, I, the only thing that will actually calm me down sometimes is throwing myself into a painting or the next project I have to do. And it's a very therapeutic time is not a a concern to me when this is happening because eight hours, nine hours will go by for me to complete a piece of work. So now I've got the website out there and people can buy my art and, and I'm more than happy to paint lovely, wholesome pictures of rosellas and cockatoos. Or if you need an axolotl with five cocks, I'll paint that too. But it's just... I'm quite happy to adapt to whatever, but I love painting, and I'll never not love it.
1: Yeah, and it's so cool that you've taken that plunge. You've you've separated yourself from the people that may have naysayed or tall poppy dew or whatever. Mm. I listened to uh, in in preparation for this interview. I listened to your uh, episode of Andy Dowling's podcast, oh, Andy yeah. Social, <laughs> and that was great. In the, in that, like, you know, it's so funny that you mentioned the tall poppies in that episode as well. I think it was probably about music or something though, as opposed to art, but that's something that you'd have to deal with a lot and have to kind of deal with those naysayers more than your average person, you know, like being the front man of a band who's now doing art as a kind of COVID Mm. pivot. There'd be a lot of people who'd love to be able to go, oh, look at this fucking guy or whatever, you know, and was that something that kind of, was that in the back of your mind when you were doing this art? What will the, the naysayers say? Or were not you at kind all of, at that point were you just
0: bit, like we we're just saying, with frontman sort of business, if I was to care what an average person thought, I would have never have gotten on the stage when I was 17, 18 in a green PVC nurse's outfit with blue eyeshadow and new rocks to the Tempe Tavern, or whatever yeah. in Sydney. And I wouldn't have got up to the microphone and played for an hour. yeah wouldn't have done that. no one would do anything if you were that worried about other stuff and it just you just got to do it mm. and I have you've got to have a level of self-belief in what you're doing, and I just knew that I loved painting so so much more than running a pub
2: mm.
0: and it was killing me. there was most of the source of my depression and my mental illness was coming from the fact that if you have to punch your hours in every day in something that diminishes your soul it's not going to be a good result you're not going to have a, a an enlightened fulfillful life you're not going to be a good partner you're not going to be a good bandmate you're just going to become this rotten core that keeps a mask on until you get to come out of that box and play your gig or go on tour and now that all this is taken away what are you saving for a rainy day? If Like if that day's not coming, like you got to be able to survive in something that you were going to have the freedom of your own identity and pride in that.
1: Mm. Being a guy who, you know, is on the extreme version of like, you know, metal or vocals or whatever. Do you think that having, or did you convince yourself maybe that have being that kind of core of a human would be better for your performance later? Or was there ever a part of you that thought I probably need to be angry to be angry or like now that you're, painting and not angry, I assume, do you think that'll affect the way you perform or do you think that'll make it better?
0: As we know this year and especially even in the coming days that have led up to this interview, the world is a festering, rotting (laughs) shithole and it doesn't look like it's just going to self-heal, Yeah. you know, it's not going to just sage up its bedroom and hope for the best. There are some really treacherous waters that we need to navigate I don't think I'm going to run out of any level of lyrical content for at least another 10 years. Like, As long as I've got eyes to see the things in front of me, I think I'm going to be fine writing music, especially in the vein of music that I write. Mm. Uh, as far as art goes and influences and being you know, inspired by the world, you just got to walk outside. It's As long as you keep an open mind and you carry a little notebook with you and you have your your phone with enough battery to take a picture or two for some references, it's the world's your oyster. You can still keep mining. Like it's a it's a it's a never ending gold vein in the ground that you're able to keep pulling from.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. So all you've done essentially is just given yourself a better quality of life with no other setbacks.
0: I think so, yeah. Like there's still there's still a depression there unfortunately and there is temper issues and, and things, but that's more to kind of look at the situation I'm in rather than my choices. Mm -hmm. Like, the situation is it's hard on everyone. Like, this is a very tense, very tedious moment in in our history. Yeah. And, yeah, the way of dealing that is very important.
1: We're seeing a lot of... um, We're just hearing stories, Mal and I, about, like, people... in either experiencing road rage or seeing road rage you know like and I think that that's something that I noticed That I was like oh that would be the easiest way for a man to get out his aggressions on the world like whether it's like you know COVID or the isolation situation or maybe loss of work or whatever but there's a lot of reasons that would then you get in a car and then someone cuts you off or whatever so you like lose your shit and it's to me I think road rage is like the first step in oh that person needs to find a way to like outlet that anger Mm -hmm. in a a better way (laughs) And I think yeah. that like that, that's just like the first step in, because that's the obvious thing, right? The most obvious thing is if you get in your car, you get mad, you yell at someone, maybe like, my brother saw a dude punch a windscreen, like not punch a windscreen, punch like a fucking window, like a side window of a car, like got out and punched the dude's window. It's like, what the fuck? So it's like, that said, on top of that, so it's like, these people are probably in that similar boat to you, where it's like, they've got this, shell of a, of themselves it's rotting away from whatever they're doing or how, they, however they've been probably like affected by this and they probably don't even realize as well which mm. is the scariest part like they probably don't even realize well not in australia so about- where
0: it's you know you're not allowed to have emotional diarrhea it's, <laughs> everyone is constantly soul constipated you know dad said you can't cry do sport put the paintbrush down chuck out that You know, that just becomes people's existence. So you live a, a very repressed life. And rather than, say, a repressed culture like, say, modern Japan, where you just go and jerk off to a bunch of tentacles, in Australia, you're not even allowed to do that. That's too weird, mate. So instead, it's what do you do? It just boils up to a point that you might attend a cricket match and say some racist things. So it's... It's just a bad breeding ground. People need to be able to communicate their emotions and, and, and I think I was telling someone else it's, it almost seems like Australia rather than a stimulus check or something should just relinquish some money that every typically, typically male student at the age of say 18 or 19 or whatever gets a free uh, evaluation like a therapy session. Yeah to just see what's working up there so they can nip it in the bud, really.
1: And like you said, like, you you were aware of your triggers. Like you said, you might have some anger issues or some temper issues or whatever. Like, as long as you're aware of them, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just like, oh, man, Sam just, like, punched a wall before or something versus, like, oh, Sam voiced how he felt because he was about... Like, it's just that level of understanding your own, I guess, mind prison in that sense, mm. you know? Because I think a lot of people will punch a wall or punch a car or... Do something and not even realise why they're upset by the kind of, you know. Or, or, you know, get onto some internet conspiracy theories. Whatever makes these people, <laughs> like, you know, whatever makes these yeah. people
0: feel. I deliberately, if you're going to do coke, just steer away from the side of the table outside that is going to have the conspiracy theorist because they will drain every dollar tree worth of that line out of your nose. Like, your soul will just go into the ether
1: so you're saying it's a waste of money yeah
0: it's a bad investment
1: (laughs) oh man so tell us about music wise so you've been writing lyrics have you had a chance to like jam with any of the dudes post-covid or like what's kind of happening across hadlemore and low uh
0: well we're very lucky that at least in the moments that Restrictions have eased. I've been able to go over to Nick from Moore's house and he's got his, his elegant home studio set up there that I'm able to rehearse and record new material. So we've been very prolific behind closed doors with Hadlemore and it's also a good little soundboard for me to be able to record vocals over demos from Carl from Lowe that he sent for album four. But it's slow going and... Yeah, you know, people's health and safety is at at risk here and these people have families and partners so it would be very selfish and irresponsible for me to, you
2: know, I want to go write a song
0: and just put people's lives at danger. So you're not going to do that. You're going to follow the rules as as best you can. And, yeah, so luckily, lately, there's been a very good period where I've been able to go out and write a lot of stuff and have have it captured with Nick. So... There will be stuff coming out. It's just when and where is going to always be in flux, it seems, as we're trying to get to that point B, as we keep talking about. Yeah, exactly mm. right.
1: Because it's like there was this moment where you felt like, oh man, like gigs are happening again. Everything's good in Melbourne. Like we might be sitting, but it's okay. And then now there's all these new things like, oh, Sydney lockdown, Brisbane lockdown, mm-hmm. whatever. It's like, yeah, shit, this just isn't going to go away. You know, mm. I think uh, even Mal and I had that kind of conversation was like I think you just need to plan for things and if they go to shit that's just mm. how it is but you can never just sit around and wait for it to get back to normal because it's never going to happen again you know yep. like, you just got to kind of learn to adapt to that new way of oh shit our flights might get cancelled mm. or this gig might not happen again or whatever but you just got to kind of do it you know and I was uh,
0: you just got to get a sleeping bag <laughs> you got to get a sleeping bag and a good quality air mattress and go Go see rural Victoria, kids. Look in your own backyard. Don't look
2: overseas.
1: (laughs) There's enough advertising on TV right now that's just all about every car ad is about like getting out to the country. Every fucking every state's got their own tourism campaign. Of course. Yeah. It's pretty it's pretty wild to see how like the the ads have changed so quickly, you know, and how people have adapted. And even like the Virgin ads got that cute little girl with the NXS song, like running around the empty airport, being like, Hey, it's still it's all good, guys. Have you not seen that? But it's not
0: all good because I've bought a whole bunch of flights this year and I didn't get to get on any of them. That's not all good. That's all good for her with the NXS getting her paycheck, but yeah. it's not good for me. I'm not going to give him any more money until you've you've you know you sign a little contract with me, and it says I'm allowed to go over that border and come back without being stuck in a Formula One eating a hot dog out of a vending machine for 14 days.
1: Dude, a Formula One for 14 days is... Uh, it's rough. Yeah, it's yeah. That's a, that's a hectic thought. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it'd be awful. And they'd just be like, you'd, you'd go on the little weird TV that they'd have in the corner and the movie options would be nothing but Sister Act 2 and <laughs> Flubber. Yeah,
1: two and a half men.
2: Two and a half men. Two and men. a half men. Oh. Oh.
1: If you don't mind, Sam, I've got to quickly pee, so we'll take a quick Yeah, break Yeah, for here. sure. Oh, fuck. So, wait, where were we? What were we talking about? Talking about Formula 1s? <laughs> watching shit TV? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I Just
0: surviving. Surviving <laughs> on watching Flubber. Fucking, yeah.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> I saw Flubber at the movies, but I Same. can't really remember anything about it.
0: Well, it was... Uh, he makes a, a a booger that is able to turn it into ending things. Like, he's like a morph, you know? And... He also has his trusty, because he's you know he's so weird and so intellectual and and socially anxious that he's got the woman of his dreams that he's never had the balls to ask around on a date. So he also has a robotic woman in his life that's that weird little Bebo and it looks like an old uh, cassette player that floats around and goes like, "I understand you, blah blah blah," and like he's just like, "Yeah, whatever." This <laughs> he just puts his CDs in its slit and keeps going on with his day, and. Yeah. Then one night, do you remember when the robot like augments itself, like makes a hologram of the perfect woman to try and like no. kind of appease him? And then he turns it down because he starts smooching the hologram and then says the other woman's name and the, the little bebe is like,
2: Aww.
1: Oh <laughs> and they, no. And that's how like fucking Terminator happens at that point. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. They start <laughs> using us as batteries. That's it. All because Robert Williams just wouldn't say yes, you know. Yeah, she tried yeah, yeah. so hard, that yeah. robot. Fuck. Um tell us about so tell us about the the art process. So you said you you spend like 8 9 hours a day painting like or, or drawing. Does it start with a sketch? Does it start with do you just you know throw ink on canvas or like what's your process to art? Is there is there kind of like do is there a couple of different ones or
0: um well, you know, if it's if it's a commission, then I'm going to start making a picture that's going to communicate what they have given me as a brief uh-huh. so i don't want to necessarily do a carbon copy of what they've sent me in an email because usually it's a reference that's not very good quality photo and all that kind of business mm-hmm. so uh you just want to make an image that's strong and eye-catching and that works well like flows well so uh people's cats and dogs have basically paid my rent for most of ISO because they just people just love their dogs and cats yeah. and they want to see them in weird poses and doing odd things. And um, that's cute. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a bit of an irony for me because I'm so opposed to cats, especially feral cats, and then to have to paint them to pay my bills has been where an did, interesting experience.
1: Where did your beef with cats come from?
0: Oh, because I love reptiles, you see. (laughs) If you didn't know that already, I really like reptiles, but not in a weird way. Um, And I think I am a dinosaur, and it's that thing of why would you support the mass keeping of an animal that's basically out there eating the one thing I love the most?
1: (laughs) So, so vegans,
0: vegans that go out with dudes that go to brisket fests every day—that's the same kind of vibe, I think.
1: <laughs> brisket fest. Brisket fest. I'd go to brisket fest.
0: <laughs> well, you only go once or twice, and then your heart gives out. So they don't get many return <laughs> customers at things like that.
1: Advertising has to be big every year to get the yes. new people in to kill them in there. Yes.
0: And that's why you you start questioning why is this CEO of this event so young? <laughs> <laughs> They've got names like Bobber the Third.
1: <laughs> yeah, his dad ran it before his dad yeah, ran it. Yeah. Before his dad.
0: My dad ate here and died, and goddammit, I'm gonna eat here and die. That me that ranch soul. damn
1: it. <laughs> So, what kind of cat pose are you painting for people? Are they are they giving you the pose, or are you doing something?
0: No, I'm I'm inventing it. Oh yeah, I'm a professional, damn it! And I'll do it in a nice way, yeah. even if I don't like cats. I'll I'll totally capture them in a nice way.
1: What are the cat poses? What are, what? Are well, the key a good cat one poses? I did I
0: did for the old Lachlan Watt. Um, his uh, partner had uh, requested something to do with the cats, and they've got several several of the little beasties, and I created them as a brady bunch grid uh instead of the brady bunch it was the pussy bunch
2: awesome oh so
0: yeah so spicy <laughs> and and then i had them yeah in that color coded square thing with the matted look to it and it, it looked lovely it's and now it's it's creating nice memories on a wall but um
1: <laughs> it's so funny now to know that under all that you're just probably like oh, oh
2: not a
0: killers yeah yeah <laughs> But I, uh, I at the start of, um, of the ISO besides doing the freelancing and doing that as my crust, I wanted to do something uh, as a career that you could get the you know the, the accolades and and have the qualifications and because what men you usually talk about is animals and things to do with evolution it may, and I the fact that I love talking about it mm for the right reasons of conservation and, and um, biology.
1: Yeah, you're not mounting them and putting them on your walls. No, so. not at all, no. <laughs> I, I love
0: them for the purity of what they are, for sure. And I, yeah. I want to definitely see future generations enjoy them. And I think that the more interesting creatures we have out there, it's our actual wealth. Like, the planet's wealth is in biodiversity. It's not in fossil fuels. It's in, it's in the living, breathing things that are dynamic and constantly eating, dying, breeding, and surviving every day. So we need to protect these things because if you take that away, where's the inspiration coming from? When's, mm. Where's imagination? Like when most people think about freedom, you think of a bird flying. When you think of, say, peacefulness, where are you usually thinking? The woods or a beachside somewhere. There's plenty of animals and plants in all these things that humanity needs as a lubricant for the soul and a way to recharge. So if you don't have those places, it's going to be a very grim world that we live in. Mm. So I thought... After the bushfires, I was really pushed morally to think, I want to do something and have some meaning for what I'm good at and enjoy. So I decided to go back into study. And I went and did my Certificate 2 for Animal Studies, which is your stepping stone to do Certificate 3, which enables you to become a zookeeper. So I... Did that, and that was very interesting. Considering the entire thing almost was done via Zoom, so imagine pretending to take a cat's temperature using your pillow, a thermometer, and a Zoom camera in your own bedroom. <laughs> it's re- it's like a real bad episode. Of whose line is it anyway? <laughs> and that 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 was finished. I got to the end of it. That was a fruition of that course, and I went in to do certificate three. And I was very lucky that I managed to. Get in for Melbourne Zoo uh, to study my Certificate Three in captive animals on site at the zoo. So I wow. start that in about two three weeks. That's really exciting. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, I've, I've put in for my my specific area that I'd prefer to work, work in. So I hope fingers crossed I get that,
1: which is reptiles. I assume. Mm,
0: yeah. Dinosaurs? Is yeah, there yeah. dinosaur <laughs> <laughs> Are You any dinosaurs in the zoo? Because I be think they just send you to Melbourne Museum if you're going to do that. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping that I that I get. My first pick for that, but uh, I'll do that for the rest of the year as well as do freelancing and and see how I go. So I'd love to eventually to land a job as a zookeeper so I can do public education for people to care about the animals that people often overlook. Yeah, yeah.
1: And when you're saying that, so you're saying that snakes get bad press.
0: That yeah. So we, <laughs> to, everything's on a dime. Like you know, we're going back. We're going back to. Yeah, my first band when I came back from London. That's the name. Snakes get bad press. That's amazing. They, they certainly do, unfortunately. Yeah.
1: You're one of the forefront members to say that snakes can get some good press, you know? Well, yeah. It's working out all right for me, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's really exciting, man. So, mm. what? So, like, was that purely the the love of animals and the wanting to help and that all just kind of coalesced at the early last year kind of moment? Or? Well,
0: when you were talking to me last, I was suffering some pretty debilitating depression mm-hmm. and there was a lot of doubt. It's just that narrative in your head that tells you you're not going to do it. You're not going to take a risk because the risk's dangerous. It's threatening. Mm. And I stopped doing that and I needed to survive and I needed to do things for myself. Otherwise, I wasn't going to survive. Mm. And... Luckily, I've got uh, I've got a partner that's very supportive. I've got family that is very supportive, and I you should follow things that even if they are risky, that are soul building. And for me, music's always done that, but it it's not going to pay the bills. Mm. Um, and I always will I always will record and tour and and continuously be prolific in that, but. I still want to make a difference and another stamp in the world for my other passions, which is is animals and nature. So I thought that was a smart move for me to do because when you do something that's your passion, it's it's no longer work. It's just more hours on the day. You get to do the thing you wanted to do in the first place. Mm. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that I get to the end of that journey. But so far, the risks I've taken have definitely come with their own rewards. So, yeah
1: wow so can you give us a little bit of insight into you know you said you just kind of changed your mind to get to that place you know to kind of cull those you know those negative thoughts or fearful thoughts or whatever whatever you want to call that like was there a process in in kind of killing those demons or what was how did you get to that point where you're like i am going to do this i i'm not going to fail i
0: think rock bottom rock bottom rock bottom rock bottom (laughs)
1: because <laughs> at that point, you're just like, I'm oh, yeah. sweet. Anything will work. Anything's well, better than this.
0: you become a very powerful and very dangerous but very interesting person when you've seen the worst of stuff mm. because not many things are going to be able to hurt you at that point. Mm. And you will be willing to see the better in things or take a risk because fuck it, what do you got to lose? Like literally, what do you got? As if you've already lost it all. It's you're starting from square one. Everything else is gonna be another block in the pyramid.
1: So you felt like that at the end at the start of last year that you were at like square one?
0: I definitely think so. I think therapy was a thing that exposed the many years of repression and problems and you were either gonna survive or decline from that. And I the other thing is not an option, so I had to move forward through it. And I'm very lucky that I'd always told myself that I had isolated myself and moved away from a group of network that I could rely on. And that simply wasn't true. That's a narrative that I'd told myself. Mm. And I have my bandmates that are more like family than than other members of my family. I have my siblings that I'm very close to. I have a good partner. I have uh, people that I've met from my life in my own passionate, uh, nerdy sort of hobbies and they've been there for me and they've they've been able to support me and help me through. And I think that there's something to be said with all this stuff of I've noticed that there's been a lot more talk about anxiety and its crippling effect and mental illness and its importance and stuff and it's no more important I think is is the way that it's been talked about in the creative circle like things like when everyone was buying merch for uh Australian T-shirt Day. A lot of that support group stuff and support act, that's there to look after us because we are vulnerable. Like when we go home there's not there's not the guarantee of the paycheck and the dare ice coffee with the with the trading route home. Like that's not there. Mm-hmm. And you take that away, there's there's no more purpose anymore and it's hard it's hard for people to adapt and survive. And it's people going, Oh boo hoo, you get to write a song, oh that's so awful. No, come on mate. Like let's it's a, it's a job like any other job. It didn't just fall in your lap. That's years and years of experience in your own life, uh, you know, situations that have led to you being able to have this ability to draw from stuff and create stuff. Yeah. If it was that easy, why aren't you doing it? Like you, And also, where do you turn when you need to have inspiration and something to pep yourself up? You look to the arts. Arts is an incredibly strong and powerful currency that people should be supporting in this country. We don't need another cricket pitch. What we do need is a safety net for people that are vulnerable.
1: Yeah. Oh, man. you I, That's very well said. And I think that there was a lot of posts about that and a lot of that sentiment in um, a kind of Australian politics and those kind of circles at that time when they weren't kind of funding the arts and they were, you know, kind of letting all these people kind of fall by the wayside. So it's like, man, but, you know...
0: It's just funny because the age group of those people that you're talking about, those people... Um, they are coming from the background of Free Uni and old mate that uh, Gough Whitlam that supported the universities and arts in a big way and mm. lots of institutions funded and helped raise the next generation of some of our most influential musicians. And things like Centrelink and stuff like that actually meant that there was a lot of pioneering bands that were able to spend the time to hone their craft. That's just like if you you should I reckon there should be some sort of funding where they go, Look, rather than just a little pissant, tiny little grant here and there, it should be, all right. If you want to approach your songwriting craft or whatever like a job, then prove to me that you've done it like a job. Like clock in, clock out, take the time to do it, and then we'll pay you for it. Yeah. Because but you better you better be doing a stellar album at the end of it. <laughs> You know, you don't need another Skeggs exam. We just want something <laughs> of, of substance.
1: Do you think... So you think that would be as simple as with the Centrelink? There's like a checkbox that just says musician or like artist and you just check that and they're like, all right, cool. Give us your output at the end and we'll see how you I go. think if
0: you're going to do anything, why not do it the best you can do it? Mm. If you're a garbage man, if you're a brain surgeon, if you're anything, why wouldn't you just do your 10 out of 10. Mm. Whatever you do, you'll feel better at the end of the day for doing it. Unless you've chosen the thing you don't want to do. And Mm -hmm. then quit that, take a risk and try to do the thing that you do enjoy doing. Because your life will be better for it. And unfortunately I wasted a decade paying the bills, setting myself aside for the Peter Pan time of touring and painting when I really should have just followed that in the first place. Mm.
1: Well, like what, the difference between, I guess, like, you know, 10 years ago, you versus you now, there would have been, you know, so much of a, a wealth of knowledge there for you to know or, or not know. Mm. Like, is there a part of you that thinks that if you kind of started early, would you have had the, the the, the what's the word? Chutzpah. I don't know <laughs> whatever the word is. I definitely <laughs>
0: had the confidence back then, <laughs> but I didn't have the chops because I think I think I actually hadn't been kicked in the ass by life yet. Mm. And for this particular kind of stuff that we do, that high octane, very snide, vicious uh, bloodletting of aggression, I hadn't had that in my early 20s, but I certainly got it in droves beyond my mid 20s. So now it's just the fountain that just keeps on pouring.
1: Mm. So, if, like, let's just say, hypothetically, in a sliding doors moment, if you did you know, make that jump earlier to being an artist and not working for other people and working for yourself, do you think that would have been as positive or do you think you almost needed that fountain to burst before you started painting and started going out on your own, do you think?
0: I think I definitely set myself up in some ways to end up in the cemetery for a bit. Unfortunately, I looked down at the footpath rather than looking outside the fences for a bit too long, mm. if that makes sense. Mm. I missed certain things because I was too involved in thinking that sacrifice was the necessary means to an end. Mm. But sacrifice is just isolating, no matter how you look at it. And no matter how many times you go travelling or doing new experiences, it's that cheesy line of happiness is best shared. It's like, what's the use of a memory if you're the only one that had it? Like, you know, does a tree... (laughs) <laughs> you know, does a tree make a sound if it falls in wood and no one else is around? Yeah. So I feel like isolation is great to recharge, but if you deliberately set yourself up to experience things by yourself, then it's a very small window of people that you can retell it to.
2: Yeah. Mm. Huh. It's,
1: yeah, it's that's a very well said point, and I'm kind of at a loss of where to go after that because I was like, huh. It's really lovely.
0: I'm not saying that if you're sitting at home right now and you've just packed a bong and you're eating a <laughs> slice of pizza by yourself that you're a terrible person. Like, do your own meditation however you want to do it, listeners. But-
1: yeah, and that's, that's <laughs> not necessarily something you want to like cherish. Be like, oh, that time I smoked the bong and ate pizza. Yeah, like, there's yeah, plenty yeah. Of time no, for that. that. just exists, don't do
0: it man. every day for 10 years. That's all. <laughs> you're not Kevin Smith, Jesus.
1: Oh, he's vegan now. He's super skinny. Have you seen yeah, him? Yeah, I, I actually so saw him on like
0: Morning Australia or something when I was at the gym the other day. I went,
1: who's this? Yeah. He's <laughs> who's so this
0: skinny. slightly pudgy Borat? And then I realized it was Kevin Smith.
1: Yeah, he's gone yeah. vegan. So he's like real skinny now. And yeah. I think he's still is he still wearing the jorts though. I think he's still on the jorts.
0: He will forever be living in a hockey jersey. <laughs> so this is what his branding is. And that's fine. That's
1: fine. I said this to Mel the other day because I've got like a sweet Bruins like hockey jersey. Mm. And I, I've always had trouble wearing it in public because before when I had long hair...
0: Oh, people were thinking you were yeah, Silent, like my like silent Bob my buddy Matt was like, you look like Jay. a mix
1: of Jay and Silent Bob. I'm like, fuck.
0: My, fr- like- my friend uh, uh, Grouser from Arteries, if you see myself and him standing next to each other, <laughs> it looks like if Silent Bob and Jay had a kid. <laughs>
1: that's so funny. Yeah, so you gotta avoid you gotta avoid the uh the, the hockey jersey if you have long hair and a ponytail, I think, because it just mm. makes you look like a, Unless a massive you got, But affair. you could
0: be more avant garde with the hockey jersey, so you could wear it like say a plith helmet or one of those like German artillery sort of ha- like chain oh, mail you say you vibes. Need
1: to no, like Al <laughs>
0: Jordison, like you could end up like the ministry scene because he loves the black hawks and all that stuff. Oh, does
1: he wear a jersey often?
0: Oh, he's done it on in, like on numerable occasions that are their DVDs of their tours and stuff. And I've always gone, that's badass. Like he, he literally walking around in a uh, like a pikeman's outfit, but with a, a Black Hawks jersey and his aviators.
1: So he's like, that's yeah, that's an yeah, iconic see, I look. I can't look past the face. Tattoos and piercings. I oh, see on, that came our... very late. That, that was in the
0: autumn of his life. See, oh. before that, he was a bar- a, like a massive badass that people like, say, Trent Reznor and that would cower after yeah. a performance because he was that, like, the vitriol of this man's hatred for his own country. Like, he loves America, but he hates it so much. Yeah. Know? And his vocals just became more and more like piss in vinegar as time went on. Mm-hmm. So when you really, and it's the same with, um, uh, 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 What's his name? Barney from um, Napalm Death. Oh, they get to this vintage where everything sounds like piss in vinegar, like the vocals, and it's awesome because you can't replicate that. That's like, that's that's something like 25 years worth oh, of going... <laughs> like, you know, it's so good.
1: <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I'm going to try and give this hockey jersey another go because I think it's time now they've got shorter hair. I'm like, maybe I can just look like a hockey fan as opposed to like... It just a-
0: depends how you... But you could totally... You could work it. You could work the magic of that. It just depends on the accent, you know, because you've got the hockey jersey on.
1: So what should I accent should I have on? Should
0: well, I... you could have a Canadian one. You could yeah. have a Wisconsin one. You could do whatever you want. You could just shake it up.
1: Oh, man. Okay, I'm getting I'm getting it. Because I was going to wear it the other week and I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm not ready for this yet, you know. Like, but now I'm like, no, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to bring hockey jerseys into my fucking, into my wardrobe, you know.
0: Confidence is key with every yeah. fashion look. That's all you have to keep telling yourself. If anyone ever says otherwise, you just go, yeah, because I'm, I'm sick. I'm yeah. sick. That's
1: we've, what got, I we've got Mal on, on the sides here saying it's too big for me to wear, but you know, you'd know, be the judge, listeners, if you see me out and about wearing a well, I Well, I'm in your
0: abode, so you might as well just do a, a <laughs> red carpet walk for us after this episode.
1: I'll put it on. You tell me if, yeah. if I can be confident and walk in on that, with that jersey, I'll just have like, the
0: Caesar thumb ready to roll up and down. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think in the past I've worn it with like long hair and like a hat or a backwards hat so it's like you going into full jentleman bob territory yeah, yep. here you know like it's I think if you're wearing a backwards hat and a hockey shirt mm. people are like you love clerks oh it's like-
0: a, it's the same as me with the with the camo and the and the you know the camo hats that I have I've got like several hats that I love more than most people love their children <laughs>
1: Are they all camo Well
0: most of them are yeah but, different types but of they're camo? all yeah they're yeah. all sentimental to me and I can't handle it when I go on tour they need to rest on my kneecap when I'm sitting in the in the van or the bus, or they need to be sitting like in the back of the, the plane seat because I can't handle the idea that someone might ruin the integrity of the cap by p- pressing weight on it. And when oh my- I was in Snakes Get Bad Press, I had a I had a hat that I loved so much, and our little uh, little uh, upstart drummer that we had filling in for Adrian Griffin, uh, Max, he. He knew that I love this hat more than life itself, and he asked me once when he was just being a bit annoying, uh, if you could wear it, and I mm. told him off and I said, "No, nah, you're not wearing it, mate. Not on your like stinky, unwashed hair." And then he waited for me to like go to the bathroom, whatever, and I had it just sitting there on on my bedside <laughs> table. Twelve hours goes by or whatever, and the tour is ended, and I I get a about fifteen photos in a, in a text message pop up, and it's him. Wearing it in different gross situations, <laughs> touching it, putting it like near the urinal, putting it on his butt cheek, like sticking it in like a microwave, just being a complete punisher about this hat. And he was just like, love you too. And that was the end of the text. I was like, oh, you little bastard.
1: What hat was that one? Do you still have it?
0: I don't anymore. It lived a long and fruitful life, but... Did
1: you wear hats out? do they like fray? And- oh
0: I've Kira makes fun of me because I have a I have a problem with the passage of time I'm, I'm I take it as a personal insult every grain that goes through the hourglass as in that if I wake up and it's 8 a.m and it goes to 801 and I'm not out of bed I'm like dates right! <laughs> like, because' I'm, I've got like a list in my head I was talking with this with like Andy Dowling. You have a list that you yeah. that you make, and the problem with lists is that they can be limiting.
1: Oh my god! Completely. Not
0: not just opening up ideas of what you could do; they also sort of enforce the, a punishment system if you don't do them.
1: Well, yeah, I thought that was so funny when you mentioned that on Andy's podcast, where you're like, you, you get up and you've got all these things, and if I'm not painting by nine o'clock, I yep. think I'm a failure. A failure. I'm like, Whoa, that's in- that's insane. Yeah, like- but that
0: sort of perfection makes you be better for sure, but it is also toxic because it does shut you down to the whimsy and chance of life so you need to be able to police yourself a little bit less you need to be able to say is it actually worth you being that cripplingly hard on yourself today mm. and yeah that whole thing of time uh, just being able to enjoy it being able to enjoy it even if it is boring or monotonous at some point isn't actually that bad are you being held to gunpoint you know it's it's just in the in your own mental prison that you make or, or unlock, you know.
1: Yeah, I think everyone had to kind of deal with their own taskmaster brains in the pandemic. I guess I was certainly one of those people as well. Where it's like, what can you do today of value, you know, while yep. you're stuck in this t- like in this tiny space of a room or a house or whatever? Like, yeah. how can I? You know, have dinner and have a beer or whatever at the end of the night, and be like, "All right, cool, I've done something." Whereas, so many days there was none of that. So you're always kind of kicking your own ass, and it just doesn't really get you anywhere. It just, it just makes you feel <laughs> worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? So did you come to that conclusion yourself, or are you still a little bit hard on yourself? I'm still very
0: hard on myself. I'll be honest. <laughs> I'm very hard on myself, and it was. It's just been lucky that lately I've had some particularly productive days and experiences. So. I'm not out with a lash like in the back of like I'm an ass now, I'm an ass, I'm a <laughs> like whipping my whipping the blood off my back. But um uh Yeah, it's 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 it's, a, it's an ongoing thing and it's a discipline of being undisciplined.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's so many things you gotta throw in that blender now of like, okay, I work for myself and I gotta make my own money, I gotta do all yes. this. So I've also gotta stay focused, but I also gotta not you know, it's like that Radiohead song in the robot voice. You know that one where it's like, "Eat better, do this, blah blah blah." It's like, yeah, all of those things. Stronger make Stronger,
0: better, harder, faster, 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 faster. faster, faster, faster. Yeah. Exactly.
1: It's like you, you, we all know these things, and we all know. Like, I was looking at, I was thinking about news resolutions, and I was like, "Man, most of the news resolutions are the things that I said I would do in the pandemic and yep. didn't do, <laughs> so they're all still relevant." But it's like they're all the same things, like. Don't be as fucking unhealthy. Don't eat shit. Do this. Be productive. I found a a paper
0: bag at my parents' house and it was from... Because I went to a Christian high school and it was this team-building religious uh, leaders uh, getaway and we did it up in the Blue Mountains and it was staying in this really haunted old nunnery but you had to... On one day, you had to write on a piece of paper the compliment bag Mm. and it was you had to write something nice about... The person's name on the bag and some of these we had a school of over 2,000 kids so there was over 290 people in my year alone I didn't know people's names like for some of them but they, they all knew mine <laughs> 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 and, and you had to write on the bag something nice put it in there so when they were feeling down and out like Eeyore they'd have to pick the bag up and shake it about and pull out something that would be a nice keepsake of what others thought of about of them outside their own head. Yeah. So that's a very nice little exercise to do. And I don't think people praise each other enough. People praise themselves in America all the time on TikTok, but <laughs> you should be praising your friends. Not in a corny way, but when when it actually means something because it's it's good to prop prop people up that in especially in this like climate where it's so tough on everyone mentally. Yeah. It's nice to let people know that you care and that they meant something in that interaction they had. So we we had the we had the bags and everyone wrote their stuff on the bags and then passed them around. But <laughs> my cousin my cousin had wrote on his one um people had wrote the word mut on his on his his character profile. <laughs> and for those people out there that don't know what that is, that's just a slang word for saying vagina. Yeah. And it's, it's something I haven't heard since, oh, no, high school, since I what, think- year five. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the only one that keeps it alive, and it's like the dying art of knowing Latin. You have to keep dropping mut every now and again to yeah. make sure it survives the test of time. <laughs> and so someone had just wrote mutt, on his card, and so the teacher went through the bags and was dumping them out like, "Okay, Sebastian, what did someone say about you?" And they're like. Oh, caring, good listener. And they go, good, good, Sebastian. Mm. And I like tick, 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 on the chalkboard, like, good listener, Sebastian. <laughs> All right, and let's, Dominic, let's just look at yours here. And it like pips around the table and she went, hmm, mutt. <laughs> and then writes
2: on the, cl- on the
0: chalkboard, M O O T. Mutt. Now, mutt, 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 mutt. What does that mean, children? (laughs) And then they all had the reaction of people when you take oxygen away from them. (laughs) Because they didn't know how to laugh. It was so funny that it surpasses the realm of human ability to laugh.
1: Just the fact that you got something through the teacher like yeah, that yeah, and yeah. got on the board, you'd be losing your mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, how
0: do they not know this? And some kid Joe or whatever, he just yells out like, Oh, mate, it's cool, miss." She goes, "Right, <laughs> Dominic's mutt."
1: <laughs> do you think that's still happening now? What are the kids? What are the What are the kids saying now? Oh, what, right, what's right, the word for? Do you reckon they're still saying mutt?
0: i don't know if kids even talk these days to be honest i just reckon they just emoji each other and look at their phones and they're they're now they're like we're evolving to have our necks in a 45 degree angle
1: yeah Mm. that's a it's a that was just so fucking old school of me to say that
0: but it's true but it's awful
1: it's 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 amazing how much i am addicted to my own phone post pandemic you know like it always needs to be kind of it's crazy they've had to
0: invent the box that you put your phone in and it locks on a a series of minutes so if you go out to your friends thing i've actually been out to dinner once with a group of friends where all like i was from a large background of girls that i was working with and they had a a a deal that when you go out for dinner as a work function whoever checks their phone first has to pay for the round of drinks
1: Mm, that's really clever
0: clever but also depressing because as soon as we got there and we brought that up Literally one of the girls just literally pulled out a hundred dollars and just went, Fuck it. And then just went back to texting.
1: Whoa. And I was like,
0: Wow, that's uh that's pretty grim.
1: Yeah. Obviously she's doing all right in the pandemic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> depends what all right is. If it means with a roof over your head but dead in your soul, then that's not really all right, is it?
1: Yeah, dude. It's um it's such a it's a such a crazy I guess, the normalcy of holding your phone and checking your phone as often as like... Because there's been no filter. There's been no social construct where you're like, oh, well, I need to not have my phone for this moment in I time. wonder
0: if we should evolve to fight... It would be amazing because of humanity's ability to be so glued to their phones, which is like what I wrote Glutton, the song from Vestigial about, is the addiction to technology. The fact that you're always with your thumb manoeuvring it and like building up that... Tendonitis in your hand and all that stuff. If an alien race came to Australia, like, came, came not to Australia, but to the world and was there going, control of the planet by combat. <laughs> and then we go, choose your your
1: battle. And then you just go,
0: thumb war. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you'd win. Do you think everyone's strong- thumbs are stronger now? I or- think so.
0: But for the wrong reasons, for sure.
1: Mm hmm. I've never been good at thumb wars, but maybe after this pandemic, I'm probably yeah. feeling pretty strong maybe, yep. you know? Maybe I'll have to give it a crack. Yeah. it's it's,
0: it's Wars sc- could be decided by the thumb.
1: Oh, isn't that already happening now? Do you yeah, think it
0: is. It has been for a while, Because yeah. you got to push a button.
1: you got to push the drone strike with a thumb maybe. With yep. that, is that a thumb button with the drone? I would say it drone is.
0: No, yeah, it'd be an index for sure. Oh,
1: it's just a boom.
0: Yeah, but it'd be awful if like, I don't know, you had like a bit of a... Oh! Like, you <sighs> imagine if someone said... We're going to blow up the world. And then they went to do it, but they were a bit greasy. Maybe they would had the burrito for lunch or something. And then they slip on the butt. That's the biggest anticlimax of all time. Like, the end of the world was postponed because someone went...
1: Pfft. Yeah, the button wasn't... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Up. Oh, it's a bit greasy. Moist, moist toilet!
0: Like, you know. <laughs> but a thumb, a thumb wouldn't do that because it's, it's, a, it's a powerful unit, the thumb. Yeah, you it's the really, big toe of the upper body.
1: Unless the drone had like a joystick handle. Yeah. You're right. going to you are going to use the index finger. You're right. No one's pushing buttons like with a thumb down. That's stupid. Oh like that. Yeah, no. Nah, it's going to be yeah, it's definitely going to be this pressing straight down on that index yep. finger or it's going to be a joystick yep. little, you know like like an air force pilot. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and a camera angle of a, one sweat bead going <laughs> down from one of the boffins in the back room going oh with the dials. <laughs>
1: There's some sonar shit going on. <laughs> yeah, for that rotoper. dude, that
0: dude with the vest from um, uh, po- uh, uh, Apollo Eleven just got. Gone- <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> oh. fuck! Um, yeah, the world, the world has definitely gone to shit in the last year, since we last spoke. Mm. We we didn't even like when we talked about it. We were talking about the world was fucked, and this was just because a of bit of bushfires. Yeah. You know, like no, no, let's got-
0: not forget that that wasn't just a bit of bushfires either. Oh, very true. uh, Please don't, like, uh, you know, via log at dessert time over that issue, guys. Like, that happened. That's a big thing. And there'll be sections of Australia that may never recover, like, environmentally from that. And that's not part of, like, oh, yeah, well, Australia's been, like, surviving with flies for years. Yeah, cool. But they haven't also survived that level of scorching for that long, uninterrupted, and then not have any recovery period. It's just relentlessness and people, we get apathetic to tragedy, unfortunately. Mm. And all you've got to do is like look at the news and scroll through. It's misery.
2: Yeah. And
0: you start to lose the, the uh, potency of what act you're seeing. So, it's very good to care about that stuff and champion it. And there's plenty of uh, like Luke Frizon got me on to Rainforest Four. And Rainforest Four is the only charity I actually give to because I know that the work that they do goes straight to where they're doing it and it's you see the results. And they're buying back areas of the Dane tree to lock it away, to be like to add on to the national park boundaries. Mm. Because what you need is, you don't necessarily need to bandage up a koala's hand, although, you know, that is a very noble thing to do. In the end, if you don't have a place for that koala that's healed up to go, then morally, what is the point? Mm. You need to create corridors of bushland and surviving habitats and the places that these can regenerate for them to go to. Otherwise, you're. It's that you're just creating a, a, an area, like an arc of limbo, but they're not able to go back to where they need to go.
1: Mm. Yeah, fuck, I never really thought about it like that before, you know. And even when we were in Queensland just a couple of weeks ago, a week ago, how long ago? A week Last week? Like, we were being shown places that had been burnt and the, like the trees... You always was, see the new like,
0: sprouts happening or...
1: Well, there was a lot of, like, there was a lot of green, which was great because there was a lot of rain where we were, which was good. So everything was kind of a lot livelier, but like the trees were still kind of like burnt black in certain places yeah. and yeah. things where you're like, oh yeah, fuck, that's going to take a while for it that mm. to, you know.
0: There's pl- there's plenty of, um, there's plenty of species of plants that have, like over evolutionary terms have benefited from being able to disperse seeds because of intense heat, so that Mm. breaks open their seed pods that may otherwise have laid dormant. And that's a good regenerative process. But this is a thing that these plants have evolved to happen once in a lifetime. Mm. We're not talking every two to three years. Yeah, like every time there's a hot
1: summer, yeah. But
0: saplings have no way of surviving this. So it doesn't matter if the new ones that were waiting for that chance for their start... It's, it's like being told, oh, you've got to graduate now. But I'm in kindergarten. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So th- it's, you're watching an entire generation get wiped out, get wiped out, get wiped out. And just because you can see a tree in some place, it doesn't necessarily mean there's future trees on the up and go. Mm. It's, it's sad. It's, it's this sort of thing of if the present's good enough, then that's how it's going to be. It's like, that's not how it works. There's so many life forms that require long gestation periods, long uh, uh, years to be able to become sexually mature, to even mate and lay eggs, if not all the eggs even just get eaten by foxes in the first five minutes anyway. Mm -hmm. So locking away and protecting areas that are not infiltrated by people and livestock is the number one way that we're going to protect our ecosystems in Australia. But... Before we even do any of that, we have to make people care about it because why would you give money to my mate Bob that you've never met? But if Bob came over here and told you a sob story of why he needs that money and you believed him, you give him the money. Mm. So the whole point of public education and zoos and conservations and charities is to make you care because when you care, you want action. Mm. But indifference just breeds indifference. It says nothing. Mm. And all we do is consume and watch the rest of the world burn And it's just sad
1: This is pretty much just summed up how I spent my pandemic What?
0: (laughs) Consuming? Yeah,
1: just consuming (laughs) and watching the world burn I'm just
0: imagining you with a jam, donut, Just cry-wanking in the corner to some Wolverine post
1: (laughs) Were you here? Did you (laughs) see that? Hey, stop watching me (laughs) (laughs) Mel's always coming in here when I'm just having a quiet cry-wank in the corner of a Wolverine (laughs) So, yes. (laughs)
0: Um, Some <laughs> she's
1: like Trek three again, <laughs>
0: Jesus! Doctor Who, yeah. Doctor Who, <laughs> oh. but which Doctor? Hey, that's a polarizing thing,
1: man. I, I'm I'm all about ten and eleven, Matt Smith ah, okay. and David yeah, right. They're my two. They're my two guys. I'll i Google eyes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. Do you watch Doctor Who? Do you know? What you I've watch?
0: seen. I've seen a bit. Yeah.
1: How do you, what do you think about it? It was. It was so positive for me in the pandemic because it was so hopeful. Every episode, it's like, nah, everything's. Fucking I don't know. See, a I'm way. a
0: very. I'm a man of. I'm a man of vices and of. Visceral physical things And I like the barbecue sauce of life If it was <laughs> You know Like I like things to be like Rather than be very lofty about it Say something lofty in a gross You know pub style Dirty under the table way And get it out in the open Just be all crass and charming And then you know Get your get your, your friend's aunt's number And then bail out of the barbecue <laughs> that, That's the kind of thing I like And as I say So things like Doctor Who I never understood that whole He's got a companion, and like he never, you know, he never gave her a Kit Kat chunky. Are you, are you sure about that?
1: Oh well, I mean, they had it lately in the newer episodes. Like there was a bit of love interest stuff going on, but but for fifty yeah, years. But, you but know, the, love of, years before the love of the love of Doctor was...
0: Who is about like the love of I don't know the Pope between God. You know, it's that it's that unspoken. Airy fairiness that doesn't actually happen.
1: Correct. Yeah. Well, it's so optimistic, is what I like about. The that's show. fine, and that's know. fine.
0: You can have you can have relationships with people and not want to bang them for sure. They're called friends. But, but it's like board, don't call do it know, a companion not. and have them sexually attractive the entire time and be all like eyebrowing every five seconds. That's literally what he's got infinite lives of eyebrow raising, and that's his that's his deal. It's kind of. It's, it's a, it's a Moot tease, mate <laughs> It's an intergalactical Moot tease
1: So is that what you see when you see the show? You're just like, oh, I'm just irritated I'm like, oh banging? my
0: god He could take you to any time and place in the world And he's not taking her on a date? That's irritating to all parties. They
1: may go on some kind of what feels like a date, but then there's some. But then he does something,
0: something like, "Oh, oh they're, you know, they're sucking to, my
1: souls yeah, out through exa- yeah eels
0: in my socks."
1: Yeah. Anytime they go somewhere leisurely, it's always like world ending as well. So yeah, yeah. It'd
0: be very, before. it'd be very funny if that always happens every time wherever they're in like an intergalactic cafe. The bill comes up, and he's like, "Oh, we got to leave here because the leech people are after us," <laughs> and he never picks up the bill. He just starts a war instead.
1: I would love to see like a Doctor Who Where it's just him being an arse all the whole time yeah. <laughs> yeah Where do you want to
0: adventure today Doctor? And he's like The
1: couch
2: <laughs> he just, You know what I mean? this And he just
1: throws a coupon at her And is like get out of here That would have been nice That could have been a nice Doctor Who pandemic special Just having the Doctor on the couch You know just hanging out doing nothing yeah. like, You know what There's a pandemic going on in 2020 yeah. Don't go near there yeah, you know, go anywhere else, and he might not want to. Look, COVID might not spread to a Time Lord DNA. Who knows? You know. But, yeah, but but. It,
0: but it'd be kind of like it'd be a, like very anti, social So in <laughs> that kind of passive aggressiveness. So then the show's titled instead of Doctor Who, but it'd be Doctor Who with a question mark, like <laughs> Doctor Who. Who you talking to? Who are you texting?
1: <laughs> There's a, the the Doctor Who's female now. I haven't seen that season yet. I no, I haven't either. Far, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But I was I was definitely into that classic reboot era. That was fucking great. I liked and the I,
0: original black and white one with the guy that looked like Mister Burns. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a couple of Mister Burns looking cunts in the earlier <laughs> Doctors. You know, they were always all old, yeah. and now they're like young, hot things. You yeah, know, yeah. They got to fucking sell the. How do you sell a old dude? You know, like a eighty year old guy with white hair being the hero of a show now? You know, Boomer Quest. Yeah, yeah. could work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I would say this very. There's quite a few sections of Thailand's economy that are run through Doctor Who-esque characters.
1: <laughs> in what way? Oh, come on now. <laughs> How the fuck do you get on Doctor Who? After all this, I don't know because we're nerds. We're talking. Oh yeah, I was watching it in the pandemic for sure to to get to get kind of jacked up. That and like Avengers movies, you know. Cause they never uh, yes. give up. You know, Yes, and, they and, never do. And like I'm all I'm, I've been a fan of those Avengers movies beforehand, but. but Oh, talk to me. What do you got?
0: If, if the listeners, I'm looking at him without blinking and he's looking at me without blinking. And we're talking about the idea of Thanos.
1: Yeah. He's not a bad
2: guy. No.
0: He wanted to do it for the greater good. He fucking good. did do it. He did it. And he like did it. For five
1: years. He, he had did a, it. He had a peaceful He put universe. on the, if
0: you like it, why don't you put a ring on it? He yeah. did that five times, people. And then he put that fist right up that moral dilemma of, for the greater good. And he went and did it, but all he wanted to do was help life be life yeah. in a
1: nice, balanced way. How did you feel about that after, you know, all the shit that's been going on last couple? Did you watch that and be like, this is a this is a character I can get down with? Well, it was or?
0: definitely an interesting choice, but a timely one because the way I feel like that thing of, what is the number one thing that David Attenborough says is the number one plague of the planet? Overpopulation. hmm and I'm not saying everyone go out there now with a machete and go nuts, but at the same time, I reckon there should be some sort of like tax rebate for the fact that you didn't pop one out.
1: Hey, that's a fucking idea. Oh,
0: yeah. The stimulus childrenessnessless.
1: Yeah, they're always giving people with kids' money. Why about the people with us who aren't populating the world, give us some cash, and then, you know, maybe like a, a snip for cash kind of incentive, you know? And
0: even more stimulus should be given to the families that decide not to get in an aircraft with a kid under the age of three.
1: Oh, controversial.
0: Controversial.
1: So maybe the cost extra for the kid and if you've got no kids, it's like you get cheaper flight maybe.
0: Oh, no, you just get pushed to first class. I mean, <laughs> if they know your status is you have a kid under the age of three and you didn't take him, no, there you go. In fact, so wait, just come wait, to you the cockpit. Have, you have a kid take, and you
1: didn't bring it on the plane? Yeah, oh, there you go. You go. There you go. Yeah,
0: There is no booze on the plane That's what they say Of the loudspeaker To the, the rest of pl- the flight and they go oh, We're run out It's flight Sorry And they're just giving The entire tab To the, that family That didn't bring their kid
1: That makes me happy Because then there'd be a, a chunk of my life Where I could live Like a king You know I could be a little girl In the virgin ad You know Just like strolling Through the airport Knowing that right. I was like First class No bullshit yeah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> but, but no It's just like I'm not
0: telling everyone Just to stop breeding But, but at the same time Stop breathing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's either that or Thanos is going to snap his fingers. He so will. It's like you got to do one or the other, you know.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his chin's huge. He's got the strongest chin outside of James Hetfield. Like it's huge.
1: <laughs> it's even bigger in the comics as well. Yeah, it's and got it's like got like, big like ridges. You know, like when you, the ridges
0: on his chin are the kind of ridges that you see on the conveyor belt imprint on the bottom of a Mars bar. <laughs>
1: Bottom of a Mars bar I've never Well really because at it goes me.
0: Me, 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 me. Like with all like The barcode and stuff Like because it's just Running over a little Weird processor thing So uh-huh. on the bottom Of everything Yeah everyone's going Like now they're Like at Coles Yeah and they're like Oh a dollar Mars bar Yeah Might as well treat it Myself Yeah do it And then flip it over And have a look At the little
1: meow, meow 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 meow
0: And it looks like The front cover Of the Joy Division album It's true It is It's just all there
1: I've never looked Underneath a Mars bar yeah, Before Now you will I fucking will
0: Yeah, I've given you The third eye Yeah <laughs>
1: I can finally see through <laughs> so Space and
0: time and Mars. But, but imagine that. That's his chin. And um, I, when I was younger, I didn't have much money. And so if I bought myself a, a Mars bar, I couldn't afford the king-size Mars bar, uh-huh. but I'd just buy a regular Mars bar. And then you spatially flatten it out with your thumbs. So you oh. go like, smush, mush, 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 mush. And all of a sudden you've turned you're a Still in the packet? 12, once no, 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 once it's out, Once okay. it's raw dog in it. Yeah. And so once it's there, you mush it with your thumbs. And so a 12 centimetre chocolate becomes an 18 centimetre chocolate. So you pack yourself on your back and you're like, oh, I've just got a king size for free. Ah. Ah.
1: I've never thought about mushing a chocolate bar before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got to mush them. Does the does the Joy Division does it change when you push nah. down? Not oh yeah, the same. yeah. It becomes it a double get, album. Gets long? <laughs> it's all the outtakes. All the fucking BBC sessions, you know, that they cram on the deluxe yeah. edition. Fuck me. <laughs> hey, um, how are you feeling about this pod? We've been going for a while. Do you want to do the lightning round questions and we'll finish yeah, up? let's do it. I. Hey. I'm 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 hoping that you don't remember them from last time. Plus, there's a couple of new ones. Yeah, let's we'll do. Just, yeah, the new we'll ones
0: just, will be a good addition, I think.
1: Um, but then if not We'll just see how you feel There's a couple And we'll see how you Look listeners If you want to go back And listen to the previous Sam episode And compare notes You can If not Let's just see how you're feeling today Yeah I was
0: you... a depressed Jaded shell of a man And now I'm just an angry Jaded shell of a man
1: Oh wow What an evolution <laughs> Yeah yeah got Leaps
0: from... and bounds people
1: And then Is that is that like a Charmillionaire or Are you at Charizard level Like at this point Are you going to get even more Empty and dead inside And angry later Or have you reached max Of evolution
0: Oh look it's it's an exhausting existence to be angry all the time, so I really hope that it's kind of like the backwards thing. You know when, like, in, I didn't really like Dragon Ball Z, but I do. I used to just call it the buff dudes with floating pebbles show because mm. they would just get, they'd just give each other hemorrhoids for 25 minutes. Correct. Because they'd be they going,
1: Powering up! And there was,
0: like, three episodes of him going...
1: You can watch Kai now And they cut out all that stuff Ah right So like there's Dragon Ball Z Kai Which is like Instead of like the 300 hours It's like 30 hours Yeah And it's yeah, just all right. the good battles So if you want, yeah, if, you want to, if you want to get into Dragon Ball Z late listeners You can just do Kai And then I think it was It was soap opera for kids So we would all like Watch the episode It is
0: Bold and the Beautiful yeah. with With uh, yeah Kung Fu pants With
1: Freezer, Because <laughs> you get to school And you'd be like Oh man, how good was that bit today where he charged up before that? Because you know it's like five yeah. days of cheesy TV before something good happens. Yep. You know. Yeah. So I definitely wouldn't want to go back and rewatch any of that. But I got a, I downloaded a Dragon Ball Z game on my PlayStation just recently, and I'm loving it because you get to just fly around and like kick dudes in the face, yep. and then all those noises. Which I don't know if that's all anime, but just specifically Dragon Ball Z, you know that and you can kick the shit out of people and it's great and it's 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 all i need to Which have. one's the
0: guy that is it vegeta which one which one's the guy that looks kind of like goku yeah but he's got the that's vegeta the the the, the he's like the he's peak. got yeah he's got the realistic hairline
1: yeah well they're both saians you know they're both yeah. they have both got that in them all
0: i'm saying is that he's got a believable hairline <laughs> the rest of them don't so you saying Goku's hair
1: not real? Nah, he's wearing a wig.
0: The weave, Fucking bro. Dick. Yeah.
1: What a jerk. Whereas at least with with Vegeta with the oh, widow's peak, yeah. you know that's he his looks head. like
0: that dude that uh, got it off with um, Jennifer Aniston.
1: Oh, Justin Thoreau. Yeah. He does have a mad widow's peak. Yeah. He's his, rocking his hair, it. His hair has been creeping back. He's doing like a John McHale. Like he's definitely got plugs or something. Because if you look oh, at yeah. if you look at Justin throwing like six feet under, it's, uh, it's getting pretty thin. But then yeah, you get yeah, leftovers, right. and it's like, oh, that's yeah. But well, all power to him. You know, if you're a Hollywood person, wouldn't you pay for hair if you didn't have hair? Well,
0: look at Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr just got the hair piece. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And good on him. Good on him. Did you I just the- love the fact that he's, he just owns it straight away and just goes, yeah, I'm doing this and this is what I did.
1: So you should. And yeah. Jimmy Carr's like a, a known quantity. You know, he's on TV. He's yep. doing, he's hosting lots of things. You've got to have good hair. Ha, ha, ha,
0: ha. And he goes, uh-huh. your mum fucked me. ha,
1: ha, ha, ha. I love For him. two hours, it's laughing. great. Yeah, he's it's yeah. it's the most unique laugh I've ever heard yeah, other yeah. than like maybe. Well like it Eddie sounds Murphy. like he's
0: sucking it in. Yeah. Like it like it would hurt. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. And small birds go <laughs>
1: We get distracted by Jimmy yeah. Carr's hair. When did you see a decline in Jimmy Carr's hair? Have you been watching him the last couple of years? Like, was I it, was watch get...
0: everyone's hair hairline like a fucking hawk.
1: Oh, as someone with a big forehead like myself, I oh also mate, watch we so are much...
0: me, you, Annie, Dowling we are of what we call the inner circle of foreheads,
1: in a good way.
0: Yeah, we'll never go to the precipice.
1: I hope so, but
0: and we won't. We I won't. check,
1: I check the but crown. But we a lot
0: will, and... we will fade. No, no, was it like, lest we forget, like, we will never fade into obscurity?
1: Well, yeah, it'll just slowly fade into a Bill Bailey at some point. Nah, nah, no, is no, I no, I no, 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 you don't
0: want to, you don't want to Bill Bailey it.
1: But Bill Bailey's pretty cool, despite that hairdo, like him, Devin Townsend.
0: Well, uh, what did we talk about? Confidence is key with everyone. Correct.
1: Yeah. Bill Bailey's a confident motherfucker, you know? He's funny, <laughs> he's musical, yeah, yeah, he's quick-witted. But it's
0: it's kind of like, you got to be consistent, so he was like literally born a science teacher, you Ooh, know? Yeah,
1: like I was just about to say I've never seen Bill Bailey with like full hair. Like is there a picture on the internet somewhere of so. him with like long or is he always just had a had the five head like uh, like myself?
0: Yeah, he just came out like the plucking of a sink. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Are you ready for these lightning round questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry listeners. <laughs> don't be sorry. This is fun. I hope they're enjoying us talk about Bill Bailey's hairline. And I'm glad that we can talk on camera that I'm worried about my five head, you know. Five head? Yeah, it's big. It's a big fucking head. It's just going to slowly keep creeping down until I become... Like, like the crown's good, but as long as that's it's fine, fine mate. you know. If
0: you go bald, you're just going to look like you enjoy a Turkish coffee. Fuck
1: yeah. I'm, I'm, going, I'm aiming for a Nick Cave eventually, you know, just like... Or a Nick Cage, whichever one works, you know, just like a, a bit of a slick back. Yeah, right. Worst case
0: scenario. Back of an emu. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: maybe not like... Well, there's a couple of questionable Nick Cage, but he's full wig now i think these days he's right. got he's got some plugs in there i'm sure yeah right because if you look at some early nick cage in the middle stuff there you know but what's else got to spend money on except for superman number one <laughs> yeah, exactly him and
0: eminem just circle jerking each other off over the first e- e- issue of superman
1: is that did eminem buy that yeah cop? i'm pretty sure oh that's awesome that's a great knew...
0: trivia to have listeners <laughs> yeah. like at the pub that those that... two have, have <laughs> duels over Who's going to own the number one issue of Superman?
1: Like He owned it and then he sold it. And then didn't he buy it back after a movie but he had to sell it again or something? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He
0: basically financed something to do something else. Yeah,
1: I fucking love Nick Cage for that. To be honest,
0: listeners out there, if any one of you has the T-Rex in the box with all the guns from Dino Riders from 1985 to 1987, Mm -hmm. if you've got that toy please send me a DM because, uh,
1: yeah, it's a very nice toy. Was Dino Riders your thing back in the that day? That was my Bing? thing. That yeah. was my crack. What about Beast Wars? Did you watch any of that stuff? I or- did
0: like Beast Wars, uh, but it's this sounds really petty of me. It's hard for me to get behind entities or sentient beings that may or may not have crotches. Because what are you powering up for, really? Mm. Yeah.
1: So Transformers, no. Dragon Ball Z, those guys have dicks. So well, I think Transformers can't eat.
0: They can't eat, and I don't think they. I don't think they fuck. No. So that's two major things in life worth living for that you've just taken off the easel.
1: How do you make more Transformers then, if they're not fucking? Don't they
0: just stick them next to an Enotron? I mean, a, a what is it, a s- s- Energon? Isn't it? The cubes?
1: Yeah, the spark cube the thing spark from cube. the movies. They just spark
0: each other up and that's it. And they just make little... Yeah, like a conveyor belt of new entities. Yeah.
1: How do they figure out what the technologies are that they need to transform from or into? You know, that's the tricky thing.
0: Well, look, we can be very philosophical about that. It's like, what's any organism's need to reproduce? It's that thing of you survive long enough to pass on your genes or your, I guess in their thing, blueprint, and you just do it en masse. Until eventually you're like There's enough of us to carry on the legend of my own ego It's usually the way
1: Very much so mm. Alright, lightning round We've waited long enough You ready?
0: I'm ready
1: Analogue or digital?
2: What's
0: Before that- I said an- analogue But I don't know if it'll even work these days So I reckon I'm going to do digital Because oh, I think all you've got to do is just say I want to record an album And then some weird speaker out there just goes Oh, you want to record now? And then it starts happening. That's right. So I think I'll probably go digital.
1: Fantastic. What time do you wake up today?
0: Uh, About 8 a.m. That's late for me. Yeah.
1: Last thing you read?
0: Oh, I'm currently reading a book that Nick from Hadlemore has lent me and it's called Amongst the Cannibals. And it is a very intriguing read and it's a guy... He's kind of a bit white privilege, but he he travels around the world. This was maybe written 10, 10, 12 years ago, and he travels around the world, uh, analysing the truths, the myths, and the facts of every culture that has ever partaken in cannibalism. Mm. And it's quite an eye opener. And as as a European man, you're sheltered from quite a lot of things about death and and the body in itself and the fact that we are sacks of meat walking around Mm. so it's interesting to see where the soul ends and the meat starts in other cultures and the reason they do it some of them do out of respect some of them do it out of of connection to be with their lost ones some do it out of purely the fact that they need to expand the territory and that you were livestock or it could have been as simple as not understanding illness so if someone got sick then it must be It's from the spiritual realm that Mm. is the reason that this ailment has happened. So we need a vendetta. We need a a revenge killing. We need to eat someone to take over their strength, you know. Um, So it's a very interesting book. Uh, It's got some very colourful scenes in it and I've just been enjoying that. It's good for lyrics as well, for sure, because I view uh, there's a couple of issues that I'm, I'm, I'm going deep into with the new Low album, which is about the way that I view... Caucasian European culture in the world, particularly after the last 12 to 18 months that we've had. And that locust vibe that I mm. keep feeling mm. of the, the rootless plant that is a weed everywhere. So
1: there was a great, um, do you know that guy, Struthless 69 on Instagram? You know that guy? Yes, I do. I love him. And yep. he did the thing about like the 2020 bingo. And it was like, say we are the virus unironically or something. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. It's something that everyone has to have had happen to them at some point this year where you're like, Oh my god, we're not good for the planet. No. You know? That's
0: <laughs> like, well that's in vestigial in the last low album, that's what I meant about the locust Christ. Yeah. As basically the spreader of the eternal night. <laughs> the whole the whole diluting of cultures, the cannibalism of it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do they talk about laughing death at all in uh in that book? Did you get onto that part by any chance?
0: No, I've done I've done the chapter on India and the fact that you do, you embrace certain sects of their religious uh, prophets and, and practitioners will do things that are so taboo because they are taboo. Because taboo is a construct that humans come up with. Yeah. And that the spiritual realm doesn't recognize things as being dirty or taboo or nasty or wrong or evil. It's all on an equal playing field, and you get closer to to divinity by embracing all. So imagine if you had a bender, but your bender at <laughs> the bender at Max Watts just continued on to you actually eating a dead person. That's basically the vibe of it. Drink as much booze as you want, and then eat a dead person, because it's also just considered a taboo. So, but they hang on to their semen. They're obsessed with hanging on to their semen. Who's they? Uh, the this particular religious sect, and it's it's all about the life force. So, yeah. although you laugh in the face of death, you can't laugh in the face of come for some reason. <laughs> and then there's a lot of other places that are about eating your enemy, about uh, humiliating your enemy by eating them. Yeah, uh, and then other ones just purely out of survival, and. It's, yeah, it's, it's very encompassing. It's not, it's not one-sided. It goes into everything and it's all first-hand interviews with the people involved. Wow. It's a good read. Fuck. So amongst cannibals.
1: Amongst cannibals. Um, you were a tea or coffee guy. Has that changed in the last... No, it hasn't changed. Just
0: coffee is fine, but after two coffees, you're seen to the future and then you get hectic anxiety. So I try and limit it no matter what it is to just two coffees in the a.m. of the day.
1: What was the last thing you cooked?
0: Oh, I cook every day, especially in ISO. And I cooked, Kira and I, a beetroot burger, a kangaroo burger, and
1: some mushrooms and some zucchinis and things like that.
2: Mm, Very mm. good.
1: Um, (laughs) What's inspired you in the last 12 months? Eh. Inspired.
0: I think at least put, like, say, a firecracker up my butt and made me create has just been the world turning to a maggot stew in front of me. That's definitely inspiring me to create lyrics, but inspired me as, like, soul building. It's a hard one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. It's been a very triggering year. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoy any film that Jude Law is in in the last 10 years. Law. He's really good, and he's a he's great. Re- he was a charming man in, like, say, the late nineties, early two thousands, and he had the you know the crazy eyes and the nice bone structure. And then his hair went all hectic. Yep. as we were talking about yeah, before. Yeah, as as I'm
1: as men as
0: members of the inner circle of foreheaded them. Um, well, I understand the man's plight. Yeah, but he's risen above it. Yeah, he's risen with the follicles. That's right, and. Any film he's in, I just love. And so he's he's been in a couple of good ones and I've I've enjoyed going down that sort of Gary what's his name? Guy Pierce. Guy Pierce is another one that's got he's got that weathered head that you look at and you're like going, You're gonna be a good villain in this movie. Yeah. You're gonna be great.
1: I love Guy Pierce. I think he's a great actor. Yeah. I think he's from Geelong, so like I can claim that as as a part of my Geelong heritage. He's
0: got the tiny eyes of a sinner.
1: And he can get buff too. Have you seen yes, Lockout? Yes, he can. Have you seen Lockout?
0: Yep. He goes from looking Arnie to looking beef jerky very quickly.
1: Yeah. That was the thing yeah. that I loved about that Lockout movie. is like, the dude's buff and he's like an yep. action hero. He could do everything, you know? Yeah.
0: We're going on a tangent with the actors, but it's true. It's like, you got your Jude Laws, your yeah. Guy Pierces, your Ben Mendelssohn's oh, the full you. Mendos. Full Mendo, yeah. Yeah. But all those people are just like, you're going to be the seedy uncle in this movie, aren't you? Mm. And you're going to make me feel scared. And I I'm love like, I love character actors like that. I think so inspiration, I love that sort of a realm.
1: People trying to fucking still act
0: not trying, they're just excelling. It's true. Yeah,
1: I'm just glad Mendo got a bit of a crack in Hollywood now. You know, oh with like- the Star Wars and. Yeah, he was in Star Wars, he was in Captain Marvel and that's gonna, he's going to get a, his Skrull character is getting a spin-off on some TV show as well. Oh, what
0: to do with the pointy ears and the family on the ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah, right. yeah. So,
1: yep. so the Skrulls in the comic books weren't necessarily uh, the asylum seekers, they were in Captain Marvel. They were like straight up evil motherfuckers that would just take over people's appearances and take over planets and stuff. Yep. But they're going to do a secret invasion show with him in it, which I'm pretty excited about because I love a bit of Mendo.
0: See, I might be I'm talking to the wrong person because I'm sitting in a, a grotto... Of, of comic shrines everywhere, so there's like a very phallic-looking Batman wanking over the moon, and very much so. there's a, some Silver Surfer <laughs> stuff going on,
1: and um, yeah, that's Nick Fury up there. Yeah, oh yeah, I figured white, that white Nick, Fury. white Nick Fury. Yeah.
0: yeah, um, and a little Cachulú friend next to him. Yeah. So all that stuff's great, but my cousin, like my 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 eldest cousin, she's a film director. Wow, and she's worked with a lot of people like Rebel Wilson and stuff like that, and and she's done some great stuff. And she actually released a book in ISO about uh, Jane Austen if she was a time traveler.
2: Oh, cool! And how good's
0: this? It was, it's the premise of Jane Austen ends up in the future and realizes that her legacy is love stories, failed and successes. Uh-huh. But during everyone knows that during Jane Austen's life, she was very unlucky in love. So imagine. If you could swap your legacy for a bit of hanky panky, for a bit of uh, romance, that, so it's that... it puts to the test. Given the opportunity, would you go with your legacy, or would you go with happiness? Yeah. So I'll leave that to you. But that was that her that was her book.
1: What's the book called? Oh, fuck! I'm sorry to put God you on damn. The spot there you well, know.
0: the author is Rachel Givney. And it's about Jane Austen. I'll have to find the title. You should put it in we'll the notes We'll put a link in the, in the bio for sure. So that's, that's my amazing. cousin. Uh, she
1: wrote that book in ISO or it was already kind of written? It in was, it was in a little
0: it? bit, but she, she gave it to fruition towards the start of the year for sure. That's and, amazing. But our cousin, our, her brother, my, my other cousin, uh, mentioned something very interesting about the Avenger films and the Marvel thing and that. And he's, he's actually never watched any of them. Uh-huh. The reason being is that because it's kind of like the sun has eclipsed the budgets and the interest and the time yeah. and the resources of Hollywood to go into new stories being told. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's beat the horse till it's pulp.
1: Oh, and that will that will beat that horse until it's Oh, like yeah. A juice. It's not
0: being dragged, it's being faxed ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah.
1: They're just like pulling out every bit of DNA they can uh, from that horse. So he so just made p-
0: a good point. It was just that thing of the the climate of film is so overshadowed by that eclipse of the comic book world Mm. that, sure, like I enjoy them just as much as the next spectacle, but there's there's probably so many like poignant stories not being able to be told because people look at the safe bet. They look at the non-risk. They Mm. look at the next, you know, Black Panther, the next Captain America, and they're overshadowed by that, which is a little bit sad because I, from musical world, I feel the same as I'm like, why do you got to... When are you going to get more money to slay them in around the
1: rangers? They're good, man. Yeah. Oh, come on. Just back a band that's still packing it. Yeah. Yeah. It's that division between, you know, rich and poor, you know, it's, it's the same, like, the the comparison to, like, the way the middle class is being eroded in normal life versus the way there's no middle budget films anymore. It's the same deal. Like, every movie is either, like, at a fucking $0 budget or, like, a fucking $250 million budget. Yeah. And that's the thing that upsets me because... um I watched a really good movie the other day for the listeners, Arch Enemy, which is directed by a guy named Adam Mortimer who did a movie called Daniel Isn't Real. Right. Arnold Schwarzenegger's son plays like an evil imaginary friend of this dude. And um, this this movie came out, this uh, next movie, Arch Enemy, it's got Joe Manganiello, you know that guy from, um, he's in Magic Mike and he's like a real buff,
0: Handsome dude uh, Is he kind of always play a lycan or a werewolfy kind of guy is he you bit? Yeah, he's got he was a, a
1: lycan in True Blood, I think Was, yes. was his name? Yes, yeah. You know that guy?
0: Yeah, he's of the, uh, I call them the flanno buffs <laughs> Because they only are ever seen flannowed
1: Yeah yeah, Just And slightly sweaty yeah. yeah yeah. But then if he takes that flanno off, he's muscly under there you know, Oh yeah, thing. and I wouldn't fuck with him But he made this movie, uh, Adam... Mortimer made this movie with uh, Joe Manganiello called Arch Enemy, which like came out in the pandemic, and everyone's like on IMDb giving it like fucking 3 out of 10, 0 out of 10, this movie sucks! It's like, well, it's a superhero movie with a budget of fucking $0. Yeah. So it's like, you can look at it for, like, at it for the ideas and enjoy that for what it is, but... People are always going you know, to compare it to Avengers, where it's like you can't yeah. compare everything to Avengers because no one's got that kind of money, you know. True, true. So I I, I agree with you that there there is a different plot, like a different. But
0: I'm problem. way more sympathetic to films than I think most people in my circle are like. People, people love a whinge and they love a neg culture. Like mm. it's awful. It's really awful. But like, I don't know. It's maybe it's just me being a bit of a bleeding heart towards the creatives, but. You ever tried to write a screenplay? You ever, like, orchestrated a hundred and something actors in Mate. one go? You do that for years and years. Bloody hell, like, you do better then. Yeah. You do better. Oh, I but agree. What? Like, it's, like, sure, there's a lot of budgets that maybe have gone a bit astray, like, say, The Lone Ranger with Johnny... Johnny do Oh, no. And all that. And that's terrible, but... That was Disney money. I'm talking about regular money.
1: Yeah, they weren't concerned about the loan rate no, no, no. getting bad reviews. They yeah. were happy to drop fucking half a million. Yeah. I just think it's
0: a bit slack sometimes when people go, "Oh, you know, like series 2 of True Detective is not as good as series 1." Like, actually, it's still 99,000 times better than anything else on TV. So why do not you just eat your stale popcorn? You, and your Coles dumplings.
1: Before we move on to the next lightning round questions, can you confirm that you did like season two of True Detective? Yes, I liked all the seasons Man, of True Detective. It's, it's classic storytelling. I never I never watched season three, but I love Rachel McAdams being this kind of no bullshit cop, you know, character. She was playing yep. that. I was loving that. Yeah, I'm a big yeah, fan yep. of Rachel McAdams. She could be...
0: I just like seedy dive bars in America with I I don't know. I'm going to ham it up now, but... It's got that very David Lynch, no reason that it's there, scene-worthy stuff that happens. Yeah. And I just love it when all of a sudden there's a guy that, like, you know, he doesn't even know if he's kids, his own kid, he's there, he's on his, like, fifth Siggy, and all of a sudden some sad, big-eyed, axolotl-looking girl comes <laughs> on stage and starts going,
1: <laughs> Oh, damn I shit. you
0: You're just like, that's the, that's the new song on my playlist. That's great.
1: That's it. That's all you need? That's all you need. <laughs> Near those heart pulls and weird moments. Oh, man, that's great. I'm so glad you <laughs> can come on this podcast and defend True Detective Season 2. I saw an amazing meme back in the day. It was like a, a, a missing, have you seen my pet kind of thing with the, right. with the pull-out tabs or guitar lessons. Oh, and it was what? Had you seen and the, it was, the, it was, the it was It was uh, the credit. True Detective Season 2, the plot. If anyone's seen the plot oh. of this episode, pull the tab. And I was like, oh, Look, if that's...
0: Look, if you want a movie or a thing that didn't have a plot and didn't have an ending... Hell, just look at Lemony Snickets. Oh. That was a big budget, big names. Where's the premise? What happened? Where was it going? Same as like Golden Compass. What's going on there?
1: Oh, see, Cool
0: CGI, you know, uh, Caesar-looking brutality bear in the snow yeah, fields. Yeah, there's a bear
1: wearing armour. Did all, what all that about. stuff. Why do you do it? I
2: follow the girl.
0: Like That's great. But what did you follow it to? You didn't follow it to another movie.
1: Have you since watched the show His Dark Materials on HBO? Because that is that is the Golden Compass books, but a show Wait, now. You
0: know what I thought when you just said, "his dark materials? Yeah, what? It's kind of like what a laundromat would say to another <laughs> laundromat about satin sheets and certain conspicuous stains on it. Like, what are you dealing with today, Ralph? Uh, here's dark materials.
1: It's not the greatest show HBO To call it Because I didn't even know It was the. It, they're just like We've forgotten Golden Compass We're fucking that off We're doing it again We're yep. doing HBO Because we need Game of Thrones money again so Yeah, we're trying
0: And that's some big monies
1: And Ruth Wilson Who's in his Dark Materials Was a love interest In Lone Ranger And I'm really upset That she never got a crack At Hollywood you know her? She's like She's usually a redhead She's a British girl
0: Man I, I made it 22 minutes into Lone Ranger And I was like Oh, oh. okay
1: See I'm Yeah see because like Lone Ranger is one of those things Where it's like Because they got Gore Verbinski To do, do it Who did like part the Caribbean, like they knew he Australian guy, by the way. Um, <laughs> In parts of
0: the Caribbean, sorry to go off a tangent for a sec, but <laughs> I just love the fact that the homoerotic way that Jeffrey Rush's character keeps saying Jack Sparrow, like it's so weird. Like he says stuff like,
2: we got to take the shit back,
1: Jack," like it's really like, <laughs> ah. the entire time. Oh. Man, I I think he's fucking great in those movies. Like, he's the only one who really understands what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, I guess Johnny Depp's doing his fucking... Rolling Stones, Keith thing Richards or yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. But like Bill Nye is
0: great as Squidly Jekins, yeah, yep. exactly.
1: He's all I, I love those parts movies, yep, man. As, as convoluted and as stupid as they get towards like the fourth or what about to the fifth one now? Yep, I still watch them all, man. I just love, I just love Pirates and I just love that whole vibe. It's so <laughs> yeah. good.
0: There was, um, Kira and I were looking at some, I think it was like some meme or some news article thing from Europe, and it was a guy that was an English teacher, and a couple of his students were Norwegians. And he was talking about how he's trying to ex- explain cowboys, the concept of American history and the Western. And this Norwegian didn't, didn't grasp the, the proper series of words, but he came up very close. And so he, he was asked to describe what a cowboy is. And he goes, you know, uh, horse pirates. <laughs>
2: That's pretty Almost. legit
1: though, they are. They should just change the name of Red Dead Redemption to Horse Pirates. Horse Pirates, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't remember what question we we're up to. Oh, last record you played. What have you been listening to lately in this uh, crazy time?
0: Well, I was I was very happy, as I'm sure a lot of other metalheads were, that there were some really sizable releases that happened during ISO. Mm. And the number one for me was, uh, was actually Napalm Death like throws in the blah blah or the blah blah yeah that album the theatrics to it the message the pure like viciousness to it is flawless it's so good for a bunch of guys that are as old as maths teachers like that that stuff screams to me and the forehead clan of there's a future for us as long as your back still works you can be up there creating art and that's great and the other ones I thought were really cool I really enjoyed like A Feather and Bone Uh, release Uh, that's pretty vitriol and very grimy and I don't know I've just been listening to kind of the old classics like I've whenever you feel like necking yourself you can always just put on rumours by Fleetwood Mac and it's going to make life a little bit easier to bear the burden of yeah Uh, so Spotify playlists at least pretty good for that reason if not paying their artists properly (laughs) but (laughs) But definitely the 70s has saved many a soul, I'd say.
1: We uh, Mal and I were definitely in that same boat in the ISO time where it's like, you know not in a brutal shit in ISO when you're already having a bad enough time? You don't yep. need to dwell in that. You want to kind of, you know, for Mal, it's like some K-pop or for oh, me, yeah. it's like some 80s goth, new wave yep, kind of yep, stuff. Yep. Just anything that's not depressing because everything is depressing as it is. You know, you want to try and hit something where it's a little bit there's at least a bit of levity there. You yeah. know, not just I like... like I
0: went on a bender the other day when I just like played that song um uh, Eric Clapton It's in the way that you use it. I just played that for like five hours just me like sad in the balcony just that's in the well that's yours huh?
1: and just like going Yes. yes, And then did like, that make you feel like your whole life Was in an 80s montage yes. at that point Because yeah, yes. montage music is really well, I was music. conceived
0: in an 80s montage I'm off that vintage Weren't we all yeah. <laughs> It was probably a, yeah, a couple of canapes And some uh, Jarlsberg slices <laughs> On some hillside Of a frosty blue mountain eve <laughs> That's fun um, uh, Who do you love? I love my family, I love my partner, and I love Komodo dragons and sperm whales. Mm. Mm. Good, good Consistent answer. list.
1: Uh, what do you value the most after this pandemic? Has there been any kind of shifts in what you value more than other things? Yes.
0: Um, enjoyment and the time spent doing it and acknowledging that. I think, like, I just, like, think, like, listeners, think about this. Before the pandemic, how much did you fucking stress out about getting to work on time? How much did you stress about that email or that fucking, like, oh, did I, like, comment on that in a zesty way on my Instagram? Did it actually fucking matter when you were locked in that prison you made of your mind and of the walls around you? Like, it doesn't matter. What matters is your family was all right. You're all right. Your neighbours all right. What, hell, what holds the glue of your house of cards together, like is it creativing, is it time with your family, is it fitness, whatever it is, like just just I guess grasp the, the severity of what we've been through. Don't just whitewash it and get on with your life like we kind of did after the bushfires. It still matters mm-hmm. and it is going to matter for a long time. You're going to feel that reverberation of things at least subconsciously for a long time. Mm-hmm. So... I think it is very important to trim the fat off your friendship group, to trim the fat off what is putting bread on the table. And in the circumstances when they allow, take a risk, enjoy yourself. Like life's so fleeting. That sounds so like mung bean of me to say it, but it's 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 absolutely true. Like you're talking to, like you're listening to someone that's had a full mental breakdown and then come back to it only to have the world shut down on them and then have to redo it all over again. And how do you get up in the in the next day is because you got to see some light into what you're doing and then also not to take yourself too damn seriously. Because who's paying your checks? Like who's doing your things for you? And why are you even doing it? Like do something that you love and do it well. Doesn't matter what you are. Just yeah. do it well.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Um are you more of a Batman or a Robin? I can't remember what you said. We've that. talked about this. I yeah. said I
0: act like a Batman, but I got the budget of a Robin.
1: <laughs> and where have you been? How's your budget in the last <sighs> year? Do you feel like where do you feel like you are now?
0: Man. I've led many lives. <laughs> many <laughs> colourful Urinal soaked lives. And it's just it's that thing of none of them have ever given me riches, but I've constantly been invited to rich people's places to talk and in to entertain. Yeah, this richness buys your stability; it doesn't buy you a nice blurb on your book. So do 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 you, and hopefully the riches of whatever you think is riches follows.
1: <laughs> That's such a good answer to that question. Um, if you. If you could watch a movie every day, what movie would you watch and not get sick of it? We know this answer. What was it? I can't remember. The
0: Prestige.
1: Oh, fuck yeah.
0: Christian Bale. You still watch huge that still? Jackman. Did you,
1: watch, did you watch it in the pandemic? Yeah, of course it did. Yeah? Yeah. Fuck yeah. What did you learn this time? Um, Anything different? Just that Nolan knows how to work I learned that.
0: I learned that the more times that Michael Caine's character <laughs> smushes a canary in that tiny finger trap, it becomes almost like palatable. Me wanting to eat that small bird, like it's like someone smushing a Ferrero share in front of you. You just like that looks actually like you'd eat it. It's kind of like when you watch, say, the Flintstones or Scooby Doo, and they're always eating a chicken drumstick. Mm. And the chicken in cartoons and Disney movies looks different to chicken in the in the real world. Like it comes across like you'd eat it, and it'd come apart. Like say. I don't know, uh, potato mash. Mm. Like it's like... And it's like looks really delicious. Have you ever eaten a cold drumstick? It's sinewy, it's fatty, it's greasy. It hits you in the nose when you try and pull that bit off at the end. And there's always that little boogery bit that hangs near the tendon. It's not like cartoon Disney chicken drumsticks. I think if someone could replicate that in the vegan world of Disney drumstick, then that would be the, the tastiest thing that they could ever come up with.
1: I have no idea how we got to that from the prestige but I love it. Um, oh no, I was just
0: talking about the more I watch it you said what did I learn? Oh, and I've learned that, that I bird. probably want to eat a small bird at some point in my life. You
1: don't want to waste it, you know? Like that's
0: <laughs> you just like the secret uh, the trick is
1: uh, Oh you ate the trick like you know. <laughs> <laughs> We're moving on to the Patreon questions now. First MA 15 plus movie you ever saw. Oh, do you remember?
0: Is Scary Movie...
1: I'd have to be M.A., wouldn't it? Because they're doing drugs and stuff in it. Oh,
0: my God. Like we were talking about before, when you laugh so hard, your body doesn't know how to communicate the laugh with the physical world. That scene where he goes, oh, shit, and he blows his load and the girl ends up on the top of the ceiling. I laughed so hard in that film that i like, I broke my neck pretty much. <laughs> so I, uh, I got up and, and, and head-butted the seat in front of me because I didn't know how to convulse any more to show how much I enjoyed seeing that five seconds of movie history. The cum scene in in Scary Movie, yeah. that, that was insane. <laughs> but that would have been, yeah, my first MA, I reckon.
1: Amazing. Um, if you were a dessert, what kind of dessert would you be? <laughs>
0: I really like Tartuffos or Tartuffis.
1: What's a Tartuffee?
0: It's like a real pled pedestrian level gelato that you get mass produced at Italian restaurants. hmm The dagonna for that really family vibe. And you go there and it's just literally a dark gelato chocolate ball with a liqueur cherry hidden somewhere in its in its orbit.
1: Do you think that's what you would be based on? I
0: enjoy eating it, but I I reckon <laughs> I reckon if I am a dessert, it's gonna be something off-putting to most people, but very tasty to some.
1: Or like a blood pudding, you reckon? You yeah, know? it'll
0: be something, something charming yet fucked up. Not everyone's yeah, gonna yeah. love
1: it, but fuck when you love it, though. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, See like-
0: Shane Warner be something like a Vienna log. <laughs> the, the 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 you know the appearance of class, but just straight up four ninety nine at Coles.
1: Yeah, it's, it's perpetually on special. Does, like, does the mean, job?
0: Yeah, fulfills none. Rum and raisin. Yeah, oh, rum and, raisin. <laughs> rum and raisin. I always thought that. I'm glad you said that. There's a the thing of anyone that mixes sultanas into ice cream. That's a damn waste of ice cream. Mm,
1: I agree. Sultanas are
0: gross. They're the earlobes of the fruit lo- fruit world.
1: It's what my parents used to give to me with my rice bubbles. Like instead of putting sugar on it, like put some sultanas in to add the sweetness. It's like, nah, just give me the fucking sugar, you know? Like, if you're oh, that
0: worried about, it just give the kid a prune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let me done with it. That.
1: <laughs> What's your favourite piece of band merch
0: that you Ooh. own? I am very precious about all the clothing I own because I can make I can make a garment last
1: decades. Yeah, I mention I saw that you mentioned in Andy's podcast that you yeah. get annoyed when jeans don't last Hell yeah long or jackets don't last. Like you really think about the longevity of merch when I think buying. about
0: the longevity of everything. This is what Kira always makes fun of me about is like she, she was like <laughs> we'll be lying in bed or whatever, and it gets to like eight oh one. She's like the passage of time. And I like, was like no, but like, I can't handle I can't handle things degrading. Yeah, and it's my own I guess it's my own fear of my own human existence. To mm. be honest, yeah, like deaf. It's around yeah. it's around every corner. But it's that thing of I don't like looking in the mirror and seeing that I age. Uh. I don't like seeing books that people own, that they've bought. Like, someone wrote that. That took a long time. Why are you resting your coffee on it? Like, why have you folded the the edge of the thing over? Why did you throw away all your CDs when you thought that they were obsolescent or whatever? Like, that was an object. Things went into that. Thought went into that. Yeah. Don't get excess shit and just throw it away. The stuff you get, respect it and make it last. Like, you don't have to be a hoarder, but the things you have, I much prefer about the quality of less and have that rather than the quantity of whatever, and then you get more whatever. Mm. So for me, I, yeah, I've got like, I got like cheesy as hell murder doll shirts and Manson stuff and nice stuff from literally when I was like 14, 13 years old. I've still got it. I still wear it. Wow. Like, I'm very consistent as a human being. like in, Unfortunately, in stuff like my temper and stuff as well. But in my wardrobe, yeah, it lasts a long time I look after it.
1: What is what's the Marilyn Manson? Mallow M- 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 Manson Mate, I, oh. got, What have you got? Ooh, you got like I got all of it. Yeah, yeah.
0: I've got old school stuff. Like to me, Manson doesn't exist past um, uh, Golden Age of grotesque. Mm. Everything else is just a parody of a form of shadow. You know. Yeah. Uh, but I've got, I've got the uh, God of Fuck, uh, Portrait of the American Family wow. shirt. Like legit. Like from the day. Yeah. I've got the Antichrist Superstar. Artwork of like from the uh, the film clip from *Beautiful People*. Yeah, T-shirts. I've also got like the Dope Show shirt from like '98. What? I've got everything. I've That's got all amazing. that stuff, and I've got all the singles, like the all the expansion singles from the Hollywood area.
1: Uh, yeah, all of it. There was a, one of my old Macca's managers growing up as a 15 year old boy. He had a fragile tour t shirt on the back of the tour. Amazing. It said, Where the fuck were you? Yes. Like it had all Amazing. the And, and where like, were you? Well, I was probably fucking 12 years old. But exactly. I, I'm you're there going,
0: I, you're there like having a cry wank to a street shark.
1: Yeah. I fucking wish I had that shirt though, yeah. man. A shirt that says, on the back says, Where I've the got fuck an original
0: you? Slipknot, Slipknot 99 error. Um, what is it? Wind cheater, yeah. the maroon one with the barcode on the back and wow. the Slipknot logo on the, on the crest. Dude, I, I got stopped in Japan on the last low, low tour there. People were offering me like 500 bucks Australian for that stuff.
1: On, they, they literally just, the Japanese people came me yep. on the street and wanted to buy that jumper on yep. If you. you're
0: wearing anything, anything from 91 to like 99, they will like kill, kill for it. Wow. They love it. They're obsessed. It's, just, it's a space jam. Space Jam, Nice Nails, Manson, Marilyn, uh, uh, like a, uh, Coal Chamber, Rob Zombie, Corn, and then all the Looney Tunes of the you the Granny Maze retail store era. Yeah. That in Japan, that's pure currency.
2: Whoa. They love it. It's fucking awesome. Which is so
0: weird because it's one of the oldest cultures on earth loving the most recent farts of.
1: Intellectualism of culture. Loving the shirt that AJ (laughs) Soprano would wear on his... Exactly, exactly. (laughs) That's fucked up, man. Um, Oh, if you were going to live in a horror movie, which horror movie would you live in?
0: The one with the least amount of blood because I have a real phobia of blood. Like once a co-worker, I've been running bars for a long time and... One of my co-workers, she dropped a, you know, when you get them out of the dishwasher and they're burning hot yeah. and the sudden change of the temperature, if you accidentally squeeze them too hard or something, they, they explode. And a pint glass exploded and slashed her leg up in front of me. And she went, Sam, can you help me? And I just went, no. And then I passed out. Are you serious? <laughs> and I fainted. Bro.
1: Oh, my God. How much blood was coming out of this? Bro- like, was it? Oh, like
0: a cinematic amount.
1: Oh wow Like it was like Oh was there a bit of a pump? Oh yeah It was oh, a pump Oh no
0: Yeah I used to Like back in the day I was a a retail person For Dongeville Dongeville And oh, I that fits, that fits you very well Of course it does yeah. It's very on brand Yeah it's very on brand it's very black Black <laughs> Black Urban Decay nail polish <laughs> But I It was recycling day And being a good environmentalist, I was cutting up all the boxes and there was a very cheap pair of scissors. So I went, and I pushed it down to cut open the side of a box. The blade of the scissor broke and flew back and chopped off the entire pad, like the end part of my finger. And, you know, it's deep, ladies and gentlemen, when you cut and you don't see blood straight away. Instead, you see that weird white butcher's meat look of Mm. your skin and all of a sudden the pores start going, and then, psh, and all the blood flew out and was like a red rocket coming straight out of my index finger and it was shooting everywhere. And I went, oh, God! And I ran out of the shop to Princess Highway, which was another one of our benches we own. And my friend, uh, Kat, was working there. And I ran across, go, Cat, Kat, oh, God! Oh! And then I didn't remember the rest of the combo because I'd actually passed out. And I was passed out in Bondi Junction Junction Mall on the floor pissing litres of blood out of the end of my index finger. And I woke up to the Maori security guard going, Hey, bro. You lost a bit of blood, bro. And I was like, oh! Like, I looked down and he's gauzed up my entire hand. Oh,
1: that's so nice of him. Yeah, very nice. When you say cat, is that cat the baker? No. Different cat. Yeah, different cat. Oh, okay, I was going to say Because I know you guys are friends And I'm like That's Ah, like, yeah, yeah I was like, maybe that makes sense Oh, at Dangerfield- you're talking about Cat Sabbath The cake yeah. the cake deluxe Yeah No, she didn't work at Dangerfield No, she has not worked at Dangerfield Because I was like, that would make sense You know, to little goths As far as I know Her past
0: is teacher Cake maker extraordinaire <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing Well, it would have been cooler If there was a fucking Dangerfield stop In that uh, lineage Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> It makes heaps of sense Dangerfield
0: was it? great it was, just, it was a good excuse to sleep on surplus bags in the storeroom when you were hungover, <laughs> and then your coworker would smack on the drywall to say, "Mister Shopper," yeah. and then you'd get back on
1: there and start going,
0: "Hey, yeah, so about my chemical romance? You want some spray on jeans, bro?
1: Yeah, that was it. Oh, that could I could have been a customer back then, you know? Yeah. Not in Sydney, but definitely you yeah. know, in Melbourne. I bought a fucking bunch of crazy <laughs> Dangerfield shit. You were just pasta.
0: outside, still pondering at the bus stop about that hockey jersey.
1: Oh, yeah, well, the hockey jersey <laughs> oh, was Oh, too big. Oh, God. Uh, damn it. <laughs> one day, one day I'll wear that jacket with I a mean, jersey <laughs> yeah. with pride. Um, oh, gig TARDIS. Doctor Who reference. If you could go back in time or space and see any gig, what kind of gig would you oh, see? Man. Is there something that you would like to go back to or forward to? <sighs> Maybe like Kid Rock playing his inauguration? Ugh. Um, I think
0: there's two options I have. For different reasons. I would love to have been there during the infamous uh, Dead to the World, Marilyn Manson, Antichrist Superstar era oh, gigs, yeah. especially in the Bible Belt era of America, where they got there was, little a, signs there out was a heated tension, there was an actual happening happening on, and it was a very ballsy display of anti-Americanism by an American. Yeah, I think that was very key, and it definitely shaped... My interest in wanting to be a musician when I was young, I would, because you
1: could provoke like that, you mean, or just because you could garner attention or what was? That I thing?
0: think I respected the firecracker firebrand vibe of what was going on mm. and the potency of the truth behind it. Yeah, it oh, wasn't yeah. just someone sticking a, a, you know a, a twig into a wasp nest hoping for a result. It was someone that had something to say yeah. about something, mm. about the ugliness of a society. And the only grotesqueries that those people saw saw was themselves. And I love that stuff and that's what I try and bring to the bands I'm in is that pure form of commentary and entertainment and being jaded but aware. Yeah. So I love that stuff. And the other reason, I mean, so the other avenue that I would love to see just purely for enjoyment of music, I wish I'd seen Peter Gabriel in say the late 80s early 90s that would have been great just wow. purely for the love of music and the extravagance of having your name behind you and the budget to have the entire gospel choir behind you to have the 10 piece band on stage to have that voice before you're so hectic about life that you've lost it to be belting those out into a huge audience that is not covidly restricted in a <sighs> bubble and that would be fantastic. And I'd love to time travel. The only thing that stops me is, one, the technology, and two, most people had heaps of pubes in the past. Mm. Mm.
1: So you'd go back with some clippers.
0: I think anywhere past 1990 is going to be an issue.
1: Other than that, you're fine. <laughs> fantastic. Um, what's your favourite Shapes flavour? Shapes flavour?
2: Yeah.
0: It's a very head-to-head between pizza and barbecue. Wow. The two titans of The Shapes world. They are. And then in the corner, people are like going, don't be racist, what about chicken crimpy? It's like chicken crimpy is for preschoolers with a little lunchbox. Whoa, big cool. there Eating their caramel-flavoured tiny teddies. Saying things weird when they're adults, like, oh, that's a bit spicy. Mm-hmm. And all they've ordered is like the black bean beef from a Chinese restaurant. That's what happens to the chicken crimpies of the world.
1: Oh, so what you're saying is it's not giving them a good enough like, leg up on the world by eating chicken crimpies. you got to have You're babying big... them. Yeah. Take gotta...
0: away the crimpy, crump the crimpy, yeah. stamp them out. Mm hmm.
1: Maybe be a food fascist. Maybe there could just be a stamp on the boxes just for kids only. Then move on to the big yep. boys like totally. pizza or barbecue. So could you pick Hell a favorite yeah. out of those two, or is it is it? A, is it 50 I'm gonna price? go with pizza. Whoa! I'm gonna do it
0: just because it actually has the texture landscape of a couple of those weird little, not I guess iron filings. I don't know what they are. Like the <laughs> little cubie the cubic zirconians that are over the top of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. See, barbecue, it's just dandruff, red or green. That's it.
2: Very true. Yeah, yeah. But Rude at least with this. pizza
0: shapes, you're like, oh, that's going to... Like, babe, I'm going out to the shops to get something to cut the roof of my
2: mouth.
1: <laughs> and... Uh... Famous last words. Do you remember what the famous last words were on the last podcast? I certainly can't. What's something that uh, you would put on your tombstone or something you'd like to be remembered by and like a nice quote? Is there anything that's kind of resonated in the last year? I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but it's going to be fun.
0: Shit. Um, I don't remember the last one I said a year ago. I think now it's probably something like... I don't know. I feel a bit sad now. Um I guess I guess something along the lines of see the beauty in what you do and the value in what you do and just give it 10 out of 10 like just do the best at whatever the field that you've decided to do do your best and if it isn't worth a story at the end of it, then why'd you do it? Mm. Like it's always better to, it's always better to be the, you know what I mean? Like it's always better to have the tail than just exist. Yeah. Yeah. So I think something like that, and just mut, just mut, <laughs> like in, but in like amazing cursive or like old English, ye old tattoo style on my thing, like he lived, he muttered, like that kind of thing.
1: <laughs> Well, it's a perfect place to end a the show. There, thank you so much, Sam, for coming over and enjoying. My uh, pleasure.
0: Let's do the uh, secret inner forehead uh,
1: thumb war. <laughs> thumb war. <laughs> We're thumb warring right it's now. Very, it's
0: very, it's very considerately millimetered to okay. make sure that are we
1: gonna, are we gonna, when do we start?
0: Well, we can't make the the shake recede because you've got it would a way
1: bigger it... thumb than me, dude. It's a big by the thumb, way. eh? You, learned, it, you got a big thumb?
0: Yeah, All right, let's go. All right, you All know right. what they say: big thumbs,
1: big texts. I'm gonna see if all this fucking texting in the pandemic has like yeah. done me well. You're wily. You're yeah, like you're just fucking moving You're like Muhammad Ali of thumbs. Yeah, I
0: am sting like a bot of thumbs. <laughs> Fuck like a I don't know, thumb. I can't
1: even <laughs> I can't even get you. Oh, oh no <laughs> I have been pinned by Sam's big thumbs. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, today, oh sorry. Brother.
0: One more uh, thing. Yeah, shoot. If you want that picture of your grandma's Rosella or five Five cock axolotl. He's forgotten to do his own plug, people. It's terrible. Um, yeah, so I do exist as a freelancer illustrator and it's www.samraptors.com. So, like, as in Velociraptors, as in the bird raptors. As
1: in the Instagram name. Yep, there we go. I'll put a link in the description, guys, if you want to get a sweet commissioned art. I might even put up those ones of the Alien and Predator that I've been raw-dogging Please on that do. board for so Because every
0: cent you give me... It just guarantees that I'm going to get that old school Ramstein's shirt and wear it out for the next 48 years.
1: Oh, dude, Ramstein. Are you into Ramstein as a kid Man, as Man,
0: well? I am so into Ramstein. Oh, and the singer dude. of Ramstein is one of my heroes.
1: So he should be. I he was just, in the Olympics. I just... Yeah, well...
0: I was almost in the Olympics.
1: Were you almost in the Olympics?
0: Mm. Remember the because uh, of this
1: surf life-saving stuff. No,
0: no, as in as in sponsor swimmer. I, like my record still stands in Ooh New South shit. Wales so ho- you, Catholic high schools so you for would, fifty meters butterfly and and all that sort of stuff.
1: You and Till Lindemann have that in common as being fucking mad swimmers yep. and vocalists. Yeah, he's can Till do,
0: Lindemann, and I'm Mutt Dillian.
1: Can you do pyro though? He can do pyro. Nah, he
0: can. Yeah, yeah. He likes he likes the. Yeah, the minutiae of mucus and stuff like that. Yeah, it really does. It? Yeah,
1: but you though, you're like a younger, leaner Till Lindemann 2.0. I'm the
0: Richard E. Grant of Till Lindemann's. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the snide, the snide Austin Powers villain of metal.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. To My the pleasure,
0: show. mate. Now let's. We're in your house, so let's crack
1: some more beers. Yeah. Yeop. hey welcome to the post ramble hope you enjoyed the show certainly enjoyed having sam dylan over mel and i had many beers with sam after the show and uh i was pissed i was pissed and i was struggling the next day afterwards but god it was fun just to be social and get back out and it's 2021 first episode back of the year uh got a couple of episodes scheduled coming up soon as well so i'm hoping that they can come out pretty frequently love to be able to do one once a week so we'll see how i can uh, track with that this year I reckon it's doable Everyone knows it's doable But it's just about Oh man i got to Fucking record this post i got to edit it up And put the pictures on Or whatever But uh, it's been really fun So far And I think There'll be a couple Of really good guests Coming up in the future So keep sticking around If you enjoy the show You can support the show On Patreon i got a link In the show notes Also in the show notes Are cool links For Sam's art And music uh, The book that we talked about It's in there as well So you, <laughs> you can see all that And uh, we'll join you very soon for the next episode. Hope you guys are having a great 2021 so far. First episode back feels good. Feeling really good. Hope you guys are too. Bye-bye.